Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Ahí estaba, en el centro. Hoyo de gloria. Have you scanned your MVP card? Breakfast was three eggs, scrambled light with grits and extra crispy bacon. Clip, what's up? It's Brian. I know, Clip, but people are looking for you to sprinkle your magic fairy dust on this whole thing and make it all better. Let's get to that conversation now. Here is uh, that. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Rock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And you can find us on Facebook Live and on YouTube. And I did not see this milestone until yesterday. I missed it. Uh, We have hit the 3,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. So let's keep it going to 4K. Appreciate everybody who has subscribed. If you haven't, please do so. Give us a like and enjoy the program on this Wednesday and be a part of this program. All right. uh, Shirley Rhodes is here. The big dog is here. Sean is to my left. And we've got some guests to get to on today's program coming up in about 20, 25 minutes or so. Ken Wadlington, WNCT at Channel 9 will join us on the show as we will talk about what's going on in the sports world here locally and beyond in hour number two we will talk nfl playoff picture with antoine staley from the new york daily news uh seeing a lot of it's going to be an interesting uh betting week if you choose to do that now that the fantasy is pretty much over our teams are over um all you've got left is watching and betting if you get involved in those things and a lot of quarterback sitting i saw Carson Wentz will be starting this week. Gross. Uh, there's going to be a lot of interesting quarterbacks playing with teams clinched, uh, with injuries, things like that. So try to get you up to date on everything going on with the final week of the NFL season uh, with Antoine Staley. Hour three, Holt Nailers will join us. He'll be a part of the UFL and he'll be a part of the Holt Nailers show. Uh, which is debuting very soon here on Pirate Radio, Pirate Radio TV, and in podcast form. So we'll talk about that uh, and give you the latest on Holton, the uh, professional football player. Talk about him going to the UFL. So got that on the way on today's edition of the show as well. What's up, Chad Gang? Jerry says Happy New Year to the Pirate Radio family and Chad Gang. And Jerry, I'm going to allow that since I didn't see your name yesterday. You are allowed to say Happy New Year today, but you can only say it once. I don't want to hear it from you anymore the rest of this year, the rest of this 2024. Uh, Jamie is in the chat gang along with Steve. Uh, Perry is hanging out with us, and uh, we will uh, be checking in with you guys throughout today's program uh we'll get it started with a recap of last night east carolina basketball team splitting last night and how about with 5 32 to go in the game east carolina trails 63 to 61 pirates turn it over fau gets a steal 
and gets a bucket to go up four. And actually, uh, we came back down and Ezra hit a couple of free throws. So let's uh, let's extend that with four minutes and 19 seconds. East Carolina trails by two, 65 to 63. 419 left to go. And somehow they lose the game by 15 points. And at the four-minute mark, Bobby Pettiford's going to cut it to one and misses the jumper. And then that's kind of where everything went downhill for the Pirates. Bobby P. um, missed a couple (laughs) of runners last night. Um, East Carolina hangs with the number 17 team in the country for 36 solid minutes. And then Florida Atlantic nearly covers the 16.5-point spread. They did. They they shot the three to go up eighty to sixty three, and then they took the point off, so that ended up being a cover. Um, Pirates were able to go and then uh, knock down at least one or two free throws, and uh, yeah, it got kind of scary there, especially if you put money on the Pirates. So uh, yeah, it came down to the wire when it comes to the spread. I don't remember a two point game like basically going into the final media timeout turning into a fifteen point loss. Yeah, the the final score does not uh, does not tell the tale of what that game was. The old phrase, which sometimes is is tiring, but it certainly tells the tale of this game. The final score did not indicate how close that game was. Um, a lot of things happen, and we hear it on the fifth quarter like this only happens to ECU. I'm like, guys, this happens all across the country all the time. Uh, This one's pretty unique, though. Uh, A team to get basically blown out the last three and a half minutes the way ECU did. I went from being like this with four minutes left in the ballgame. Describe what you're doing to the radio for the radio. I've got my hands on my my cheek locked into the TV, and then I went from... Your posture is is kind of my posture leaning towards the television. I am. You're into the game. I am locked into the basketball game with four minutes to go, and then with about two minutes to go, I was you know on my phone, not paying any attention to it. What are you Snapchatting, TikToking, TikToking, Snapchatting, Facebooking, Instagramming, just just doing it all, everything. Do you Uh, remember when the Pirates were up eight yesterday? Poor the Pirates. You remember when they were up eight? Do you remember when they were up seven? And uh, then I looked down, looked up, and then we were only up by one? Do you want my radio answer or my honest answer? Or both? Both. All right, radio answer. Yeah, I remember that. Honest answer? No, that must have been the first half. It wasn't the first I half. I was trying to cook my first ever French toast, and it did not go well. Oh, no. <laughs> what, 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 what was it? What, what made it bad? Well, first of all, um, the recipe... And everyone I looked at calls for some vanilla extract, which I saw where you could do without it. And I went without it. And then later I saw that we had that in the cabinet and I could have used it. So there was some of that. Um, Might have let it get a little too brown. I don't know. Something was off with the taste a little bit. It, it was not what I was, was hoping. Bitter? It was it a little not bitter. as sweet as you wanted it to be? Yes. Yes. Did you so, try to doctor it up with syrup? Something wrong with, yes. your, with, with your eggs? Wrong in what? what no, they, I mean, the eggs were fine. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Like, did you, like, soak it too long? Did you? Is, is that it, possible? Sure. I didn't soak it too long. I mean, I dunked it pretty good. You, yeah. I mean, I, what, what was your base? What was the bread? Bread. Like, just white bread. Yeah. That's where you. I, what does that have to be? 
I, I think you need to go with like a Texas toast. I think you need something with a little bit more consistency, mm. in my opinion, because okay. I think maybe sourdough. I think the white bread um, soaks that all up when you put it in the mix, and therefore uh, you don't get as uh, good of a, a piece of toast in the end. All right. I mean, I'm I'm gonna learn. Uh, Glenn has helped me with uh, one very minor tip, which turned out to be major. Uh, don't buy the cheap soy sauce if you're Some making Asian key. food. Get real soy sauce. It, it changes. It changed everything. Your sauce is in your oils. You want to go with the real deal. Okay. I mean, it's, I feel like olive oil, you, your money, the more, I don't want to say the more you spend, the better it is. Cause that's not 100% true, but you, you, quality is important in these ingredients. So I'm wrestling with this, Chandler. I'm kind of feeling... Uh, a little defeated. I eat it. Did your girls try this? No. Oh, they did. Um, I got them um, some takeout. Oh. This was uh, this was uh, kind of an experiment on my own. Okay. And like all experiments, you think scientists get it right the first time? Absolutely not. Not. They they run trials, right? Trial and error. And I I had some errors last night. It was edible, like you said. I masked it with syrup as good as I could. Mm-hmm. Um. But the next trial, it will be better. And, and I can promise you that, folks. I will get better. Either Texas toast or Hawaiian rolls. That, that's my suggestion to you. Can you make the Tim Tebow I speak? heard you say Hawaiian rolls yesterday. I just wasn't ready to mm. to go there. Yeah, I, I feel like Tim Tebow right now. Yeah, it's never going to happen again. I can promise you that. No. Tim Tebow after Ole Miss. I might just never make You're it just co- like You know, he was covered in the, the red paint and all that. Because I had a craving You're covered in syrup. <laughs> I had a craving for it, and now I never want to have it again. So maybe I won't try it again. <laughs> Syrup and powdered sugar all over. This will never happen again. I promise you that. So, Chandler, to honestly answer your question, <clears throat> I'm battling with that. I eat. I check my phone, and I see East Carolina has a halftime lead. And I was like, oh, my God. I missed this whole thing. Yeah. I, I was The best eating. 20 minutes of the season, I was MIA. Cooking French toast. I was eating... Uh, also during that time, and when I went to go, I was like, "Oh, I, I need to check the score." And I went to go check it with like two minutes left, and shocked because I expected to be posting a not good halftime result. Uh yeah, I, I was uh, very surprised to see that score. I mean, I I think it's more indic- indicative of uh, Florida Atlantic being sleepy. They were sleepy. They they just which doesn't make a lot of sense. The they were coming off a loss. And, you know, Brandon Johnson was shooting the basketball good. Quentin DeBunjay was playing the best basketball of his uh, of the season for him until he went down, unfortunately, late in the game. Um, and then, I mean, just defensively, it looked like the Pirates were clamping down really good on, on, on Florida Atlantic's offense. And uh, we're doing something that has, I feel like they've been struggling uh, of doing, and that's getting rebounds and getting dominant rebounds. Like, not even, you know, the ball being tipped up. Like, R.J. Felton's going up and grabbing rebounds. Brandon Johnson's going Brandon up. Brandon Johnson and getting, leads the conference in rebounds. In rebounds. So, yeah. uh, it was a, a great performance for the Pirates in that first half and really all the way up into the last four minutes of the ball game. So. I almost think it's more of a necessity, though. Like, it's it's out of necessity versus it being, like, a core skill of his. Like still looking at that score out there, I'm going, man, that that stinks. Of course, you know we almost lost the cover, but 
you know, watching the game last night, I I know how good it was. The Pirates truly were. closer than the than the score indicates. I mean, that old that old saying is one hundred percent true. Saw this comment on the boards. Uh, R.J. Felton's got to shoot more. Uh, five of eight from the field last night. Got to be more aggressive shooting the ball, especially Sometimes on the road. Too passive. Yeah, uh, he finished with twelve points. Uh, one for one from three. Brandon Johnson, two for four from deep. Five for ten overall for 15 points. Bobby Pettiford shot 14 times. Quentin DeBunge was four of six. He had to leave the game early yep. and was having a pretty good game. They kept showing his ankle turning. I was like, man, quit showing that. He had they a, sorry. They, they, they showed it like three or four times. Yeah. Had a monster block yeah. in the game as well. And so did R.J. Felton, too. So... Uh, yeah, and again, uh, Sear, how much did Sear play? Six minutes. Oh, yeah, he plays a few more, minutes. Two more minutes than Pineda. Uh, Cam Hayes needs to get yeah, his thing that's going. That's issue. And, you know, he hadn't played a lot, so hopefully he's still feeling it out. But uh, two points in 22 minutes two and turnovers. also had two turnovers. Two costly turnovers. So Pineda, four minutes, no points, one foul. Pretty consistent. You like to see the, him. the four minutes though. I like to see it at two. Yeah, I. I mean, I just would look. I'd rather see Sear getting 10, 15 minutes a game. And again, I mean, we talked about this yesterday. But yesterday Pinedo, was not. A, yesterday was not a game where you could do that though, because it was very up and down. Pinedo getting minutes, Sear not getting minutes. Um, Walker just being kind of mia he goes five minutes last night two points doesn't make an impact he was a part of last year's like team like i thought he was great down the stretch when javon small went out and he took over a point guard he really found his own late in the year and now has kind of lost his spot with bobby pettiford pettiford plays 34 last night but i feel like there's still a spot for you know walker so did sears start last night for ecu According I, to this, he did. I, I, I want to say he did. Yeah, yeah six minutes uh, after starting. Look, no we points. might see more Jaden Walker if Cam Hayes continues to play like he is. So and, I mean, and what if Jay's out extended time? We ta- we we talked about you know Sierra Malanga's playing time and Mike Schwartz the other night said that it all depends on how the player is practicing. Uh, he he plays guys depending on their practice performances and you know who knows. I mean. Uh, I guess it's, it seems like there could be a, a different lineup every single game, uh, depending on how these guys are practicing. Pirates and Tulsa coming up on Sunday. 3 o'clock. Let's look at some uh, other scores from the American last night. We'll try to keep up with what's going on in the AAC. Um, Charlotte got off to a lead in uh, in Dallas against SMU, but they ended up losing by, I believe, 12 points or so. We got SMU coming to town, not this weekend, but the following weekend uh, here at home. And I have not looked at the Ponies much this year, but I do think, uh, I think they do said they were supposed to be pretty good. Um, the Owls of FAU picked a win, although a lot of people say Memphis as well. Uh, in the American. So, yeah, SMU wins at 66-54 last night over Charlotte, and it was UAB beating UTSA 78-76. to Bad night for UTSA basketball. Why? They uh, lost to uh, both women's we'll and men. get there. Very good. Well done, Chandler. Uh, Rice and Tulane going at it tonight. Tulane entering conference play at 9-3 and three for Ron Hunter's ball club. All right, yeah, to the women we go, and it was good to see a uh, 
it dominating. Was, it was a clampdown performance, but it was a, an offensive explosion <laughs> from the three-point line uh, for the ECU women last night who were raining threes, and they had a little frustration to get out after scoring in the 30s uh in their previous game against number one south carolina uh so last night they put up 82 points in the win over utsa they had 25 in the first quarter they had 20 in the second quarter they had more points at halftime than they had way more points at halftime than they had the entire game against south carolina and again they were bombing away from three and karina gordon uh, did a lot of it. She had six three-pointers, six of nine from deep, and led the team in scoring last night, the freshman did, with 22. Can I say it? Katharina Gordon. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Katharina. Katharina. I, like I just had to throw that out of there. You did it. Well, well done. When did you come up with that? Cut. Just now? Just right now. Just right? Not, not last night? Nope. Not earlier today? Nope. Just right now? Right now. Well done, Sean. Katharina Gordon had six of them last night, 22 points to Nate McNeil. Figured she would bounce back after struggling against South Carolina. 20 points for Danae. Uh, no Micah Dennis in that game. And I'm assuming we don't have a, an update on Micah Dennis. But did not like seeing her leaving crutches on Saturday. While Sania, I think Sania Johnson gave Micah Dennis her crutches. And Sania had the little thing where you put your knee on and you roll out. Yes. Roll out. Uh, so that is not very positive. That uh, was that was one step away from the amen. From yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> amen. Uh, good performance last night from EC Women's Basketball. Let's see who they got next. I'm assuming they'll be on the road this weekend. Yeah, they play Saturday. And my assumption is correct. They will be in Boca Raton. Boca Raton. They will be rolling out to Boca Raton. That's right. Taking on FAU uh, Thursday. Wait. 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 Hold okay, on. I'm this way off. Not... Yep. Sorry. My bad. Memphis. They'll be wa- They'll be rolling in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> not walking. <coughs> Limping in Memphis. We're rolling all going to Memphis. We're all going to get up and immediately break our ankles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very bad karma. Oh, yeah. the, the karma is going to come for sure. January sixth, <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> what? January sixth. The way you said it. January sixth at Memphis, three o'clock. We got to uh, come up with a different name. <laughs> it's just very weird to like say it casually. The sixth of January. Yeah. Is that a better way to say <laughs> Or like the day after the fifth, or something, just something different. Day after the fifth, day before the seventh. Pirates uh, splitting last night. Uh, let's see. We've got some French uh, toast talk. Scott uses sourdough bread for his French toast. That's what I'm saying. You need something thick to to not get soggy when you do the dip. Uh, Mike P said, I need to have the mentality first in the kitchen, last to leave mentality. Maybe my mentality was off last night. Jenny says, right on, big dog, and base is egg, milk, cinnamon. Well, I had egg, milk, and cinnamon. I went wrong somewhere else. I don't know where it was. It was the white bread. Yeah, Glenn says white bread. Scott, cooking with Clip. You could be the Bob Ross of Pirate of Radio cooking shows. 
if we had just truly infinite money, we would have a studio that had a kitchen in it. Yeah, all we need now, let's throw up one. Well, we need the audio equipment. But then again, we don't have any burners or anything in the back. So, yeah, we need we need a studio with an oven. Talk to Ellery. Right. Well, I've, I mean, I've seen the, the kitchen at Chandler's house, and I feel like that's studio-ish. I feel like I could work with it. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. We could probably do that. I feel like it, it's it's nice and open and i could shoot in there and we could have lights it, it would it would work okay i mean it's not like a rachel ray kitchen but we'll make yeah, it work. we don't have the island but not, the fact that we don't well, have the island is nice because it makes it where we can have some room for people i'm not a rachel ray either that is true what do you mean you're not rachel ray is that a fact that is a fact i'm not rachel ray i saw this and we'll talk real NFL uh, with Antoine Staley, but a little hypothetical NFL. And Are I you used about the flips, uh, one the flip one score games. Yes, yeah. I used to do this all the time growing up as yeah. a Redskins fan because like we would be six and ten. I'd be like, but Dad, <coughs> you win that Cardinals game that we blew. You beat the Lions like all these plays and i would talk myself into believing that we were actually a good team that got unlucky so this is thanks to brian knowles for posting this uh nfl standings if every one score game was flipped this year well i got bad news chandler does it matter for us it doesn't matter for the panthers and it doesn't matter for washington we would have six wins y'all would have five wins which would be an improvement yeah, maybe no drink was been thrown. The team impacted the most negatively would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. If their one score games were flipped, if the wins became losses, losses became wins, the streak would be over. They would be three and thirteen. Yeah, that is uh, incredible. It moves the Lions to out of the playoffs. Detroit would yeah. be on the outside looking in, and the number two seed would be the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah wild minnesota minnesota who i want to say were really good last year at one score games like and that's freakishly good i mean last year i thought kirk was the new uh the new phil rivers another team impacted would be the bears they would have 10 wins and be in the playoffs right now so uh just some wow the biggest jump how about the Patriots would go from like the third overall pick to eight and eight and in the playoffs? Wow! Yep. With what if the they would get a wild card one spot. score games were flipped, and the Browns who have locked up a playoff spot would be out. So just find this interesting. Uh, by the way, the top seeds would be the same: Ravens, Niners, which means they are killing people. Yeah, and which means with us, our records not changing much. Chandler, our teams get killed quite often. That's right. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Jamie says Minnesota last year won a crazy number of one score games. Yeah, I thought so. So they were on the, uh, I guess, opposite end of that this season. Um, Rams would still be 10 and 6 in the playoffs. I had the Rams in the playoffs. No, I'm just kidding. Good pick. Hey, thanks, man. Thank you. Would that be your team if, like, the Commanders just didn't exist? Just no. say they came out and said the Commanders is no longer a football franchise. I I love the Wait. Niners. Oh yeah. I love Shanahan. I love Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey. You, um, what about Purdy? He's all right. I don't hate Purdy. 
Uh, I don't know if I could get down with the Rams. I like Stafford, of course. I like McVay. But I don't know. That's That's a good question. I know your team would be the Titans. Titans? You would go to Tennessee? Yeah. yeah. He's already halfway in. I would go to Philly. Philly? Yep. Why? I've told you this many times. Just because you're a heel? No, I've told you that I like the city quite a bit. And I like their fan base. Ugh. Um, I like that they really dislike Dallas. I like that their fan base has a reputation for being gritty, hard nosed. Hard Hard nosed. (laughs) First one of those in the new year, I believe. Chandler, if ECU ceased to exist, who would be your college team? Oh, my goodness. Punched in the nose. (laughs) Huh? Probably Clemson. Lies. Tell the truth. It's state, isn't it? I've always liked Clemson's colors. I've always liked their stadium. As you sit in there in a red shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Wolf Tax is back again. Big cock. Let's take a break. uh, That. Ken Wadlington will join us in the Pirate Radio studios. We will talk more sports and get to the uh, chat gang as well here on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. 15-time best-selling author, keynote speaker, and global influencer John Gordon is coming to Greenville in March. John was ranked number six as one of the top leadership speakers in the world and will be our featured guest at the Pirate Radio Luncheon on Monday, March 18th. Don't miss out on this huge opportunity to enhance your mindset, improve your leadership skills, and create a better future for you and your team. To reserve a table, contact Jonathan Ellerby at ellerby at pirateradio1250.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right. Big event coming to Greenville. John Gearden. Welcome back into the show. Clip Brock. Shirley Rhodes. Shirley, I, I mean this with all due respect. How's your butt doing today? My butt is fantastic. Now, for people that don't that would wonder why I would ask such a question. And am I going to get fired for sexual no, harassment? No, he will not. Uh, I mean, if I didn't get fired for sexual harassment for slapping Chandler's butt, that one video. Exactly. A lot of butt stuff going on here. Yeah, a lot of butt stuff. <laughs> yeah, lot. Ken Wallington, we'll get to you in a moment. Uh, <laughs> you just wait a second. Yeah, give us a minute. <laughs> Shirley got a new chair. And it's not just a chair. What is it? It's a gaming chair. And mm, it also yes. now looks like it looks like a throne. And you look like, <laughs> a, and you look like an evil leader of some sort. <laughs> But you look like the evil leader of an empire. 
Well, the problem was is that the chairs that we have in here, you know, they they have the little thing where you can raise it up or down depending on your height. Can you uh, and get up a moment and talk sure. that just so people can see it on the video? Yeah, I'll get up. Yeah, okay. All right, hold on. Let me. Uh, people can see the chair. Yeah, there we go. What a beaut. So yeah, that's a beaut of a chair right there. <laughs> um, but uh, I had uh, had been thinking about you know what we wanted to do in terms of upgrades here in the studio, and I, I was like, you know what, the problem with these chairs is is that every now and then, at a random time, it it you never know when it's going to happen. You'll be sitting in the chair at your preferred height, and then all of a sudden it will give, and just all the way down to the floor. And it's happened to me on the air. It's happened to me, you know, at random times. And I was getting tired of it. And the so, arm things are yeah. And the arm things w- are little wear and tear on them. There's wear and tear. They're also weirdly, I say weirdly placed, but you know, you can get your pockets hung on the on the armrest and it'll yeah. tear your your pants or whatever so i finally said i'm gonna get me a chair you know i 2024 is a you know new me new New year (laughs) new car new car new chair decided to get a new chair and i picked it up yesterday and i assembled it uh in the studio and i now have a new chair if it has if it has wheels and it belongs to shirley it's new that's right wait all the other chairs have wheels on it that chair is yours though yeah and that car out there is yours Charlie, yes. just just go with it. just say yeah you're right Chandler. <laughs> yeah you're right Chandler. <laughs> there you go uh i've never had a gaming chair such as that i remember as a kid i had like the um remember the thing so it sits on the floor and it like yes. rocks i one was those to, i had one of those yeah oh yeah 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 I had, it, literally, I had, it literally was just like this here, had, a, here, had a bing bag chair here is a slight I don't know if you want to call it a glimmer of hope or whatever you want to call it, but let's just say there are more of these where I got this from. There's more where that came from. There's more than where, where, yeah, that. And uh, potential deal could be made. I'm just saying. Okay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. That is the voice of Ken Watlington who joins us here. Hello, Ken. What's up? Let me ask you uh, about my gaming chair. Back in my day, we just sat on the floor. <laughs> this put, also has a little bit more lumbar support. It's and, ergonomically you know, I sit, correct. I sit in this, you know, I sit in this chair all day long, most of the time. So I wanted to be comfortable, and this one doesn't hurt my well, back as much. And, back in the day, you had to sit like on the floor close to the TV because controller, like wireless, yeah, yeah exactly, like, controller wires were real short and that's why i can't see a lick uh no free ads but what is this uh this these this apparel you guys are wearing today this is crown and ivy from belk (laughs) (laughs) you know why i like this because every time you walk in it says 75 percent off i'm like i'd like a good deal all right i didn't even notice you were wearing crown and ivy All right, I don't have any of those go to belk all i have is pirate radio hoodies and i love them and I'm uh That's very on brand. Yeah, I'm good to go. Hat checks. Uh confirmed week eighteen starting quarterback so Check far this out. From Adam Schefter. Blaine Gabbert. Man. Jeff Driscoll. Oof. Oh, the Browns. Carson Wentz. Name that team. He's still alive. He is. Rams. Yes. Uh Nick Mullins. Vikings. Trevor Simeon. Jets. Uh Easton Stick. Chargers. Tyrod Taylor. Giants. Sam Howe. Commanders. 
Mason, <laughs> Who else are going to play? Mason Rudolph. Steelers. Jarrett Stidham. Um, I have no idea. Broncos, right? She's sure. the guy that uh, went in when they benched uh, Russ. Russ, yeah. Due to money, right? Yeah. Um, so it is going to be a uh, wacky week 18. But I've, Dak's still starting. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's they they're playing for something. They are playing for the NFC East yeah. when they take on Washington coming up on Sunday. Rivera's last stand. That's it. It's all over. One more game for Ron Rivera to cross his arms and not talk. And I mean, in a way, I'll miss him. Not from a win loss standpoint, just from a hey, man. He's a good guy. I a like good Ron guy, Rivera. man. I, he, he be, we talked about this before. He'd be a good neighbor. Absolutely. Like yeah. you're gonna, you know, one day you're gonna sit there and go, man, I miss how good of a guy that guy was. Ron, my gaming chair busted. Can I borrow yours for a night? I say, Not sure. a problem. I got an extra one in the basement. He'd say, <laughs> no, he just go. Now, describe for the radio audience what you just did. You're doing a lot of this today, and I, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, crossed my arms, and I shook my head yes, okay. because Ron Rivera does not speak. More of a nod than a shake. Yeah. All right. Let's be more descriptive. A subtle nod. Subtle nod. Thank you. Ken has a way with words. Ken, uh, give us a UNCW basketball update. Your fighting, screaming, scoring Seahawks are 9-3, and three, heading into conference play tomorrow night at Drexel. Mm, the Dragons. Before uh, Saturday, January 6th, they storm into Baltimore, Maryland to take on the Towson Tigers. Mm, the Fighting Maskoviches. The Fighting Maskoviches. Uh, yeah, they uh, took one on the chin at Arkansas on Saturday. Scored 90 points. Out at Bud Walton Arena, but gave up 106. Oh yeah, not ideal, but uh, it was pr- actually pretty competitive, high, high, you know, spirited, physical game. It was fun to watch. Yep, gave up a bucket late in the first half to you mentioned, uh, have a six point deficit. I remember yep. that well. No, for a reason. Okay. You mentioned our uh, departed friend Zach Maskovich. Yeah, it's that time of year. I heard the first mention of his name, or. His uh, his most infamous. It's too early it? for that. I heard it on the way up here on Sirius XM. They were talking about somebody spoiling the yes. Super Bowl. They uh, called him that idiot in Tampa. <laughs> now, why is he an idiot? I I so this is what I this is what the guy said. This is on um. Let's break this down. This was on the Fantasy Channel mm-hmm. on Sirius. Uh, no, actually, it wasn't. It was on ESPN. It was so they're describing the situation, and the guy was saying that he was a part of a thread that used to exist prior to this happening of high end gamblers that would get the notification from someone at the stadium right. during the practice okay. run. I see that he had the inside track, and then Zach he, made it too main, mainstream, and then Zach blew it all up and let everybody know that yeah this is happening and that's why people like that line yeah i th- i think it was hilarious i thought it was awesome how it all it was hilarious to us for those that don't know zach so the super bowl was in tampa tampa, tampa. Yep. this is covid year and he was like outside the stadium right yeah they were like across the street doing live shots for the six o'clock news you know a couple of days before the super bowl and they're doing a run through the national anthem and he timed the sucker and he gave the result <laughs> and posted <laughs> put, it on he put it on media. his twitter yeah and immediately he got in trouble. Did they take down the? Uh, they didn't let people bet on it no, at a lot of books. Down. I mean, yeah. he had like a 
serious backroom meeting at work. Like, a, like from what he said at the time, like yeah. it was very. It was like it was nationally serious. I think yeah. he came on the show with us and like wasn't allowed to talk he, about that. He could not. Yeah, I, I think what that. I. Th- I know maybe I shouldn't talk about it, but I know a lot of stuff. Uh, he, he got into the most trouble because he did an interview with ESPN about it. Oh, oh, oh! So that's why now, if I'm like, "Hey, Zach, you want to come on and talk well. about USF?" He has to like <laughs> talk Clear. to eight yes. people. Yeah. So he just like went on what what ESPN show? It, it was just on? I think it was just like a web article. I don't think he was actually even on. It the wasn't air. even like sports. Yeah. He did. It's not like he went live on sports. No, they just you know a couple of quotes from him. Hey, how'd you do this? It's pretty funny. That's what everybody thought. Yeah. And then his work was like, well, you did a ESPN interview without asking us, and that was it. Uh, how you cannot a, be bigger than the company. ESPN.com. How a Florida TV reporter caused a Super Bowl national anthem betting kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. And uh, I guess we, yeah, we've got quotes from Zach Maskovich. I just thought it was pretty funny. Maskovich told <laughs> ESPN. <laughs> and then he finished it out by going, go O's. <laughs> uh, that's great. So, uh, yeah, this was February 6th, 2021. Almost the three-year anniversary to Zach Maskovich changing everything. The last time the Washington football team made the playoffs. Mm. And we watched it. We did a watch party right here. Taylor Heineke dives, hits the ball with the pylon for a touchdown. Chase Young goes and shows his name. Neither one of them part of the team anymore. Is anyone? Good question. (laughs) Mike P says, Belk, which Cadillac did Ken drive to the studio today? (laughs) He said, more like Ken Wallet. I don't have the quarter zip like Chandler over here. Come on. More like Ken Walletton. (laughs) Belk? Walletton. I didn't know Belk was like (laughs) highfalutin. Highfalutin. Mike P also added that Ron Rivera's the neighbor all the kids are scared of, but he's just misunderstood like the guy (laughs) at home alone. (laughs) Both are equally possible. He's either the favorite neighbor or people are horrified. Uh, Jamie says, Ken looks like a little guy with that camera angle. Usually that's the big seat. Yeah, it is funny. So now Ken's the little man at the table. So so let me... uh, do but, my seat but and I won't you, drop then like Charlie's I'll share switch you, it Charlie's I'll switch it to, to drop the, if to you the, switch it to that camera Ken all of a sudden has been in the gym and what's it's, up it's <laughs> big, look at that look at you you're huge woo <laughs> please Bowen don't hurt me chest please. you got a Ron Rivera barrel chest <laughs> all of a sudden uh, Ryan says look at that dash hat love it thank you alright let's take a break when we return um Somebody's house is on fire. Tyreek Hills. What? I'm sorry. I thought you were saying Andre Risen. I thought you were saying yeah, somebody. You're killing all my stuff. <laughs> I thought you were saying that. Stop I talking. You, when, when you said somebody is wet, it, it just it's the way you said somebody's house. Like you didn't know. Like you maybe just scro- were scrolling Twitter. All right. I've, I've been there. I've been there. Big Everybody dog. forget what you just heard. When we return. I'll tell you whose house is on fire. Tyreek Hill. And then I'll ask. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. Everybody but Chandler because he was too young. When you hear NFL wide receiver's house on fire, who does it make you think of? Well, we just did the segment, but we'll do it again when we return <laughs> after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. When you combine State Farm Home and Auto Insurance, you save an average of $889. State Farm Agent Timothy Sawyer is ready to help you combine home and auto and save right here in Greenville. Call 493-0002. Like a good neighbor, State Farm and Timothy Sawyer is there. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip. All right, right before our show began, I saw on X that Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's house is currently on fire. Um, Tyreek's house or Tyreek's Hill? Tyreek's house on a hill is currently on fire. That's bad. Um, There were reports that, per a team source, Tyreek Hill was aware, left Dolphins practice. Uh, But that is a pretty vicious fire. Yeah, thankfully, though, the latest reports is that everyone that was in the house got out safely. So so there were people inside. There were people inside, but everybody got out. Everybody's okay. But the Mm. house is not looking too good right now. Have we learned yet uh, any reports come out that uh, is his tennis shoe collection on fire in the bathtub? Uh, I need more info on this. That is an Andre Risen reference. Oh, okay. Way back in the back Wet, in the day. Back in the day, Did the, he the first football player's home to go on fire. Now, mm-hmm. are you familiar with this story, Chandler? I'm not. Andre Bad Moon Risen uh, had a tumultuous relationship with Lisa Left Eye Lopez Lopez of the group TLC, also known as Tabaz Chalia. Tabaz Chalia. <laughs> According to Bryce Williams. <laughs> TLC uh, was my first concert. Is that right? TLC Boys to Men MC Hammer at Walnut Creek in Raleigh. Whoa, that's first that's, concert a, that's a strong lineup yeah. right there. Were you the creep they were talking about? And their <laughs> two years later they came out with the big head creep. They saw yeah. this this guy. This one goes out to that boy from Plymouth. You, you, you wanted it to be the red light special, you wound up being the creep. <laughs> they probably yeah. did scrubs for yeah, you. That's too. right. Follow up. Yeah. Man, you were a big impact on their career. I Tell mean, really, you, you were the source of all of that those those big hits i know i know i guess we got a helicopter cam looking at tyree kill watching his house burn and he's in a boot oh i think that's the biggest news to pass adam Schefter just tweeted out his left foot uh is wrapped in a boot a big boot that goes all the way up his leg um yeah so lisa left eye lopez burned down andre risen's house back by throwing his tennis shoe collection into the bathtub and lightning on fire that was the source of that that was the source of the fire started man and it quickly got out of control because she used an accelerant and there was no waterfall nearby i think what (laughs) happened well done sir very good very good what what made her do that uh, I was actually reading an article before the show because I was going to bring this up. I'm guessing it's either Jealousy. domestic violence or there was... There was domestic think- violence involved. They were both out late at night, uh, that yeah. particular night, separately. Right. And Andre Rising got home about 5 a.m. They got in a fight in the driveway. He walks off, comes back 20 minutes later, house is uh, burning. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Yada, yada, yada. And, uh, what about a story? T- and T-Boz and Chile... Uh, from the group were actually watching TV and the news pops on 
Chili sees it first, calls T-Boz and says, turn on the TV. Lisa Dunn burned the house down. <laughs> they did the... Uh, Lisa Dunn burned the house down. They did the Leonardo DiCaprio and said... Yeah. Yep, uh, I know exactly. that house. Have any of you ever had... I can't believe... A I'm house burned down? This. No, I'm about to tell the story. Uh, have any of you ever had uh, a family member or a loved one or anybody that you knew appear on the news in front of you in a situation <laughs> yeah, yes. like in in terms of like you're sitting at home watching uh, tv and the family and you're like and you're TV? like oh my oh my oh my goodness chandler said well, yes i know what his was about his uh, they did a story on his I, uncle i don't know played, i don't I, his <laughs> uncle that played church that's uncle basketball. jeffrey his longtime church lead <laughs> uh, uncle. reference from yesterday's show um what was what's yours chandler no uh a buddy of mine who went to carolina they they were interviewing him after they won the that's big game. A that's buddy of your, he said family member, didn't he? Or someone that you knew. That's uh, that's not, I was I talking about he's in saying a, in a negative light. I was saying uh, yes. I was saying in a, in a tumultuous situation. So uh, no. what family about family member? I'm trying to remember if there was anybody. No. What are you about to tell us? I think I've told I've told a few people this story. I don't, I don't know. I'm about to tell a whole lot more. I don't think I've ever told it on the air though. I had an uncle, and it's going to be Ken's top story tonight. So. <laughs> this just in. I, I had an uncle who is now passed. He he um, he had an episode um, of of the bipolar variety, um, and ended up trying to take over the Waffle House in New Bern. Hmm. Um, I didn't know New Bern had a Waffle House. Uh, it has been since demolished. Oh. I don't know if it was cursed by this or not. Okay. Um, there's a lot of details I'm gonna leave off the air, but regard the end story is this: is that we're watching the news at home that morning, and it's is that is that Uncle Steve's truck? Uncle oh, Steve done took over the waffle. Oh house. my goodness! Oh my goodness! That is his truck. Oh my goodness! That's him. And so we had that realization as a as a family sitting there watching the tv hmm austin, that was that was it was something it was it was a uh, austin this is crazy austin says not the news but i did see someone i knew on to catch a predator oh wow wow, wow. that beats my story and that's that wild is... because i was asking you earlier today you were listening to a podcast and i said hey i said i recognize that voice isn't that the catch the predator guy and he was yeah was like, no, no yeah, it, was it wasn't keith morrison yeah, it was Keith Morrison, but I was like, I recognize that voice. Uh, Jamie says, was he the predator? And Austin said, well, he wasn't the decoy. <laughs> or the house, or the cops. So, yes, he was the predator. Or Keith Morrison. I bet a lot of people had that thing you were talking about, Glenn, where they saw something on the TV, somebody they knew recently, with that ECU professor that... Oh, Sure. Had sure, they had the in Vegas. Vegas situation, yeah. Because I saw a lot of people on social media saying, "Wow, I they had, had him I as a professor." Guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, you, you guys know that show last week tonight with John Oliver on on HBO. I love John Oliver. A friend of mine, I'm watching that show a couple years ago, and a friend of mine's face pops up. Uh, they were doing something about Verizon, and he used to work for Verizon's corporate headquarters up in New Jersey, and um, you know some the fcc or something so my buddy worked in corporate communications was interviewing the ceo and they showed the clip of him asking the question i'm like what what the hell's jeremy doing on this show but that's the closest thing i've had yeah, that, that's pretty cool uh, uh, I'm sorry. A, a former uh former member of the pirate radio team to not be named on air name redacted 
Not name redacted. Uh, name redacted too. Name refused. Maybe. Oh. I, I, I <laughs> he uh, who shall not be he named. He who shall not be named. Uh, Can I say it? Is yes. <laughs> is uh, he's in a uh, QAnon documentary on HBO. <laughs> what? Okay, they I'm going to ask you about that off air. They, they showed more. Well. They showed the. They show a Greenville rally. And his face ah, is in. Uh, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Nah, I had that similar that's, moment though. It was like, that's I, a little oh, different. oh no. Now the <laughs> one that I had was actually more on a local level. I mean, anybody that's worked here at Pirate Radio knows that one of my best friends is a police officer. And I was back when we did Morning Drive with uh, with Jeff. I would do the news. Um, I did a segment every or a little piece every every segment. And I was reading a story about a high-speed chase that resulted in um, the uh, driver of the vehicle being killed by police uh, in this at the end of this high-speed chase. And they were able to stop the vehicle because one of the ve- one of the police officers pulled at pulled like a blockade or whatever and t-boned the vehicle. And I read the police officer's name, and it was her. And I had—I was not aware that this took place. It had t- taken place the night before. And I was reading it live on air, and I completely stopped. And I was like, oh, no, because, you know, anything can happen in a situation like that. You could be seriously injured. I had no idea. So as soon as I got off the air, I called and turns out she was fine she was just really sore but that was one of those moments on radio that i remember distinctly just coming to a complete stop yeah. and being shocked josh asking is the uh the house in question that's on fire on wimbledon drive don't ask me <laughs> another chandler reference got a lot of chan references on the show i mean we started 2024 with a bang i mean he might not be able to tell a story but we can recall a bunch of them he did last time do you have an update on the uh shirt that got peed on by the cat i hope it's washed i have no idea okay. wait who who was supposed that was to a wash good story it though, you, right that who, was a good story who was supposed to wash it you or your mom chandler I, ain't washing nothing i was leaving when i found out that it would have been urined on urine urinated urine when i found out that it was urinated on <laughs> so in other words your mom's washing it oh yeah urine and i tossed it in the washing machine and i said hey this has been urined on you need to wash it now <laughs> boy you can tell he's from samson county man <laughs> you're in trouble <laughs> ken sports go <laughs> you're not gonna believe this but <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah. All right. Hey, you uh, are wearing Hornets colors. Hornets. And sure. Hornets, Hornets got to win. Woo. And guess who got 34 points in the game? Terry Rozier. Dale Your Curry. boy. Oh, wait, no. Oh, Terry. Terry Rozier. Oh, please. Yeah, I'm uh, way out on them. They're coming back. They're only uh, five games out of <laughs> 10 spot. That is sad. To make the play. Because they're like 8 and 24, right? Uh, yeah. All right, Ken, thanks for joining us. Appreciate y'all. For another Wednesday of fun. Absolutely. Here on the show. Uh, anything you need to... My parents watched the the documentary. How they like They it. enjoyed it. Okay. Because they have been thing. Channel 9 viewers for a long, long time. Thank you. Now, is that stored somewhere where I can go back and, and watch it? Because I missed it. It is. It's on the website and uh, our YouTube page. Okay. 
So everybody check it out if you haven't seen it. Go check it out. Anything, uh, when are you on TV again? Uh, let's see, about uh, 61 minutes. 61 minutes. You can listen to Pirate Radio and watch Ken Watson. Simulcast. Uh, Multitask. We will talk to you next week, sir. Yep. We'll take a break. Come back. Hour 2, Pirate Radio Live on the way on a Wednesday. We are back with you with more great stories after this. It's for you. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Down on Main Street, Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go. Join Down on Main Street every Wednesday for half-price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thinking about takeout tonight? Familia can make everything real easy for you with a great selection of Italian food and more. Visit FamiliaNC.com to see the full menu featuring pizzas, pastas, salads, and homemade desserts. Place your order online or call 689-6330 and Familia will have your order ready in their convenient drive through window for pickup. Finish up a busy day with a great dinner for yourself or your family from Familia. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. On a Wednesday. A lot of to catch a predator talk going on on the YouTube chat. I went on a to catch a predator marathon somewhat recently. Um, during the Christmas break. I'm glad you didn't go on a show. Nah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Never appeared on one of them. Um, was on a survivor kick and I've uh, been watching a lot of police interrogation videos on YouTube. Just find those fascinating. You know what I find fascinating, and of course you can catch a marathon anytime. Forensic Files. Yeah, I I, I love, love watching those that. old shows. Uh, the Voice is pretty uh, legendary. You mean the music show, The Voice? No, I mean the voice, uh, the, the the dude in Forensic oh, Files. Oh, 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 okay. You, uh, the narrator. Yes. Okay. It threw me for a second. I was Never like, seen wow. the voice. I was like, that was a strange departure from our subject. Nah, I, uh, yeah, not into that. Um, I saw something in the chat that I wanted to say, see, say, but I can't find it. Oh, uh, on X, Redbeard said his uncle's uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his mother's uncle. I was just trying to shorten it up. <laughs> his mother's uncle was on the cops knockoff show called true stories of the highway patrol and he wasn't a cop so oh boy part of the Redbeard family mm. made it on tv was he wearing a tank top uh <laughs> well first was he wearing a shirt if so was it a tank top um we've got portal news oh man i just saw that like just in this second yep <laughs> just went by when i searched his name uh gerald green East Carolina running back has entered the transfer portal. NCAA transfer portal reports. Uh, it's the Rivals website. 480 yards uh, transferred from Georgia Southern. Where Oh, boy, this is a great sentence from NCAA transfer portal. East Carolina running back Gerald Green entered the portal as a grad transfer. He transferred from Georgia Southern where 
he was rushed for 480 yards. Goodness did, gracious. Chandler, did you type that? No. <laughs> he was, I type good. I just can't speak good. Fair enough. He was rushed for 480 yards. Of course, this comes one day after me talking about how the running back room was stacked with John David Baker, who joined us on the show yesterday. Yeah. Uh, got some of that audio. Can we hit some of that, Shirley? Yeah, which one do you want? Uh, we'll go number one, uh, JDB, joining uh, us yesterday on Pirate Radio Live. Brian asking, uh, do you believe you have the pieces here to run the type of offense you want? And if not, what is the biggest need uh, that you still need to add? No, I really feel I really feel strongly um, that we do. And I, I'm not just saying that. I, I really do. You know, we sat down and, and watched really every guy that we've got on the roster and feel like we've got the pieces and feel like we've added the pieces that we really need to go do it. Now, we've got to still add some some depth and and get it get some guys in some spot that you've got to have to make it through a 12, 13-game season. Um, but I really do feel like we've got the guys in the room that we can go be extremely competitive next year. What did you make uh, or take away from John David Baker on the show yesterday? It seems like he has a, a, a plan in place to you know put up some points, go up-tempo, and um, he seems to like what there is on this roster already and seems to be that they are, they could be a piece to the success of what he wants to run here. So, um, just very impressed with what he has. And I know people have said it, but he does uh, literally sound like Lincoln Riley, and he's uh, a young guy. And I th- I'm very excited to see what he brings to the table offensively for East Carolina football. I like that there's not a lot of flash in his presentation. Right, I'm the same way. I mean, I just think that he's just like laid back. There's not very calm, very like even keel. But it it reminds me of Blake. Harold a little bit in the sense that you get but there's energy there there's energy and intensity there it's just it's there but it's it's in his words and not necessarily his uh he doesn't give you a lot of pizzazz and 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 flash with it and i i like that well you see with blake harrell is that he's laid back very soft-spoken but on the field you see what he runs defensively is aggressive it's chaotic and i feel like we could see that with this offense with it being up tempo um throwing the ball down the field with some of the guys that we got in the transfer portal looking at this anthony smith guy from nc state this is the guy that i think that we can go down the field and (laughs) go down the field and, and, and attack where is he from from NC State. I really like that guy's play. I'm sure you do. Reminds me a little bit of Corn Robinson and Tory Holt. And you keep bringing up Tory Holt. Haywood you Jeffries. You a big Tory Holt fan? Uh, Tory Holt was great. Andre for Rams. the Rams. I, you're a Rams guy. That is true. Um, so when Eric Bieniemy, follow me here, went from Kansas City to Washington, I thought it was a weird move because he's making a lateral move from offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. Now, it's it's his offense, so he can put that on his resume, I guess, that I am in complete control of this offense. There's no Andy Reid calling plays or making plays or making personnel decisions. It's me. It's, uh, it's all me. But he's going into it where Rivera is on – somewhat of a hot seat you look at the first nfl coach fired it's not even a hot going seat. into last year it's i'm talking about going into the year oh okay i'm sorry it's a dead seat <coughs> going into the year hot seat rivera up there at the top 
of the first coach fired list and i just thought it was an odd move almost a a lame duck type thing where if the if the commanders don't make the playoffs rivera's gone and then what where does that leave eric b enemy um there were questions asked yesterday about you know john david baker and why and i chose the nicest version of this question to ask kind of john david baker what he sees in mike houston and why he came here but there were questions to the tune of you know why would you enter a situation where you have a coach that's on the hot seat now is mike houston on the hot seat no in a way no in a way he needs to win six games this year right this year like after this season i'm talking about right now right now i say no no well the seat has some sort of temperature to it if yeah he, if he has to yeah, get six wins but i'm saying in that, your eyes i i think that the seat cooled from where it was at the end of the season by the moves that have been made all right well what about when we start playing you games get again? results on the field like well, it could be hot as i'll get out in about three weekends so it's an interesting move for john david baker to come here because if the head coach does lose their job he needs a job right and he's out from underneath the lane tree i I guess what i'm trying to say is like this is a it's a new role for him but it is uh it's a win now role and i think he's got that attitude too sure he said it in his introductory press conference that this is not like a three-year no i agree with you there this is a you got one year fix it now you got yes this is a fix it now situation for a guy that's 33 years old and coming into his first situation where he's calling plays, I think that tells you a lot about the confidence that he has in himself to come in here and to change things uh, drastically because we saw what we did last year offensively, and I think that he has enough confidence that he can come in here, recruit, and put uh, a product on the field where the Pirates can win games based off them going up and scoring points. I I will say that, you know, the thing about the NFL jobs are that there's only so many of them, so you take what you can get, what you're offered. Like, yeah, but Eric the concept, the enemy, like somebody's going to make the decision to go work for David Tepper. Like, a whole staff's going to make that decision, you know. Um, whereas in college, you pick and choose a little more, more. Right, there's more opportunity. True, <clears throat> opportunity. But um, also, I think when it's you're of a certain age and it is you got a chance to go and do your own thing and run your call your own show you take life by the horns man he seems like yeah. a take the life by the horns kind of guy to chandler i like to play devil's advocate to your point about him this shows his confidence in himself to take this job well i mean every coach has i mean scotty montgomery had confidence in himself to come take the head job here never That's lost true. his cool never lost his cool despite all the crap he was good who's that mo Mm. I'm saying in press conferences. Yeah, I hate to bring him up again, but our good friend Maskovich was—he uh, really was the only one to challenge him. He, he challenged him quite a bit. What he say? Are you coaching for your job or something like that? Like, yeah, it was, but it was like an obvious situation where he was just poking the bear. Help the bear. Poke the bear. I was reminded a little bit of Scotty Montgomery when Mike Houston said, "This is not going to happen to us again." It just yeah. reminded me of the, we're going to a bowl game. I guarantee it next year. Oh, boy. I forgot about that. Which I said at the time. He was going for Tebow, is not a giant, It's a giant nothing burger. Yeah. You can say that all you want, but it means nothing. Until we're eating Pop-Tarts, it means nothing. 
or Cheez-Its. Whatever your fun bowl game snack. <laughs> Mike Houston's getting mayo dumped on him. Yeah. Yeah, like whatever the whatever your snack affiliated bowl, if we're firing bullets at the military bowl, whatever we're doing. Whatever we're doing. Yeah. I mean, what's your takeaway from John David Baker's interview? Um The Eye of the He's the Eye of the Hurricane. Explain. Very, very calm. Nothing going on, but around him. There's havoc. There's a frenzy. There's a havoc. No, I I agree with what you guys said. And I agree with your... He definitely has confidence in himself. And you know what I like, too, is he didn't come in here as, like, Lane Kiffin Jr. Right. He talked about coaching and playing in Division II, FCS, and building up and knowing how to compete at that level and he's been at the SEC level, so I like that he has seen football from all different aspects, all different areas, and is not coming in here thinking that this is going to be like it was at Ole Miss. Where and and honestly, Ole Miss has a lot of things that East Carolina doesn't have, sure, but they are playing from behind the eight ball in the SEC. He brought that up when he talked about uh, uh, tempo. This might be cut two, Shirley. It's either two or three. Let's try cut two if he's talking about. Actually, Are you talking about the, the tempo and the defensive line? Though? Go cut three. If it's going the way you want it to, um, would you go up tempo? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, like I've said before, that's something that I, I believe in because I, I've seen it um, over my time the last few years. Um, to me, it's for us at Ole Miss, it was, a, it was an equalizer, um, you know, for some of those defensive lines in that league um, for a place – like here, where I feel like we're going to have equal talent to everybody that we're playing, um, now it becomes a real advantage. And there's times, there's times where you you really want to use it, but there's times where you got to be smart as well. And we'll have a we'll have a healthy balance of that. All right, so uh, that was interesting. You play up tempo at Ole Miss to try to make up for some of the talent you're missing with an Alabama, a Georgia. You play up tempo here to create an advantage because he thinks uh, and says and it should be that way that you have equal to better talent than your um opponents rivals opponents in the american some of our neatest conversations yesterday happened off the air i thought where we had the uh the conversations between bryce and and coach jdb about nomenclature and how things are called in the mike leach system so riley called plays the same way mike leach did apparently it was numbers based yeah and john david baker said they had gone away from the numbers and now given it names uh but bryce was really able to pick up what he was talking about pretty quickly. It was, it was just interesting. Cool. Yeah, it was just a very cool like meeting of the minds. I didn't know moment. what the hell they were talking no, about. No, I had no clue what they were talking about. But Bryce was rattling it off. Well, did he say it on the air or to you? Uh, to no, we were it was in between. Where he was talking about if it's any more than four words, he's going to scrap the play call. Every play call yeah. is going to be four words or less. Yeah. And in those four words, it's going to tell everybody on the field what they're doing, the protection, everything in between. Yeah, I was. He, that's when Bryce brought up, you know, <coughs> yeah, that's how it was in college and I got an NFL and it was a sentence. Right, yeah. You know, it's just, it's everything. Everybody has a specific line in there that's their key. Yeah, 
Chandler, did you want to uh, play devil's advocate on me? Uh, sure. Chandler said setting up that clip because I went devil's advocate on him. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that I like that John David Baker's not coming here as Lane Kiffin Jr., big time SEC guy. He's coming here as D2, FCS, uh, group of five, power five. Grind set. He's seen it all Workers at mentality. all levels, and I like that. And Chandler, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that Mike Houston played and coached football at uh at a lot of levels too and what's your point there really isn't one <laughs> all right sure but i mean i'm close because the only thing You're is he hasn't coached in power five yeah so which is why you probably didn't bring up that point because you yeah. didn't have a point you I just know. wanted to play devil's advocate i just want to play too you want to play hey i want to play the hey, game I to pick up the sticks pick up the sticks, pick up the sticks. you can play speaking of playing a game um this is kind of off pirate radio but have you been keeping up with the uh stream over at barstool today where a guy is playing the golf simulator and trying to hit a hole in one uh no uh jersey jerry is on hour number 17 of mm. <laughs> playing a golf the golf simulator there, trying to hit a hole in one which they say is possible but Man. he's about two thousand strokes into this thing that sounds miserable and is not there yet uh, and the the goal will be is, he, is what he said he would end the stream when he got the hole in one, and it got me thinking about similar things that we could do. I thought about my own challenge, and it would be to hold like I would end the stream under these circumstances. Like if I can hold the opposing team in NBA Jam under ten points, mm. I thought about I, I even thought about I got to hold them scoreless because I've done that, but. It might be under ten. I got to go a whole show without a cigarette. I, that's 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 your call. Chandler has to go one segment without screwing up a sentence. Oh man, <laughs> we'll be here all day. The clock restarts every time that he he makes a mistake. We never we'd be here like for at least a week. <laughs> okay, Shirley, a week. She's feeling good in her throne. <laughs> Mike Ward said, "Play in Devil's Advocate." Have we ever heard a press conference that said, man, this guy ain't it. He sucks. Uh, I always go back to Nick Sirianni. Yep, the system. That's the guy I think of. I was like, man, this guy is clueless. Is that... Or, and there's the, Adam Gase. Adam Gase, Gase is with where the I was, was the, with the eyes. He is, I don't know if it was the lights in that room and the way they were pointing it. I don't know what that deal was, but that man was goose. Nah, but I mean, Mike, to your point, like we always talk about winning the press conference. It means nothing. So, yeah, I hear you. And, in fact, I mean, they got, these guys prepare for the press conference. They think of the questions they're going to get. They, they're putting on a presentation just like we do in, in school. They've had the internal conversation about the points that our fan base buys into the most. Yeah. Like, they, they, he knows going into it what to say, I would imagine. Yeah. It's uh, not truly off the cuff. I think the f- biggest thing that gets people when – new coaches arrive to a new spot is knowing the lingo knowing the culture that's what i mean they've had doing the homework of you know you know because i remember when mike houston here he mentioned like free boot friday like things like that really get people fired up and like that's what makes people think all right he's he's the guy i know know? it's easy to trick yeah that's what i'm saying oh we were we were in motown early in the mo era yeah i loved his energy Yep. And his, uh, dare I say, swag. 
Then they beat State. He was swagtastic. And then, uh, yeah, it all turned to mush. We had a big billboard inside of uh, the mall in Raleigh. I got to say, man, I, I I probably didn't say it on, I, I've told some folks, like, I, I was not, I was always a little weary of Jeff Comfort. And just the way he talked and how robotic he was. Yeah. And I was never really on board. I just with didn't that. understand why that person would be hired for here. Yeah. Like I, it I just feel like, like off the rip, I would know that like if you put me in the room and said, Okay, these are our potential hires, I would say, Well, that guy is not gonna connect with our fan base at all. Nah, he was just like a guy in a suit that had somehow He's an executive found his way. As East Carolina's athletic director, I almost thought you were about out of to nowhere. Say found his way onto the list. <laughs> no, we're not going to do a Pat McAfee, Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers thing. Although we could bump up our ratings, we could. But Ellerby would enjoy it for a day or two until he got the legal papers. Until yeah, we get sued and we all lose our jobs and everything. Mike P says, "What if JDB promises the stadium will be rocking in that stadium?" It'll be rocking. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. You know who asked the question to get that answer? You. The big dog did. So it's my favorite. The big dog. It's my favorite moment interviewing a coach. It was after practice one. It's a good. uh, It's a good soundbite. That's when I thought he could be the guy. That's when you thought (laughs) he. Is that when you thought he won the press conference? That's when I thought he could be the guy. Uh, Jamie says every coach that gets hired promises championships. Yep, these promises, these guarantees, they mean nothing. I do like that we just say bowl when we don't go like conference championship and this, that, and the other like ridiculous statements. I don't think a conference championships would be that ridiculous in this conference, though. It it shouldn't be when you look at the schedule, but we got to do it first. I mean, if we're out here talking about national championships, that would be a little absurd. I'd side eye you a little bit. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, We'll talk more JDB with Holt Naylor's coming up in hour number three of today's show. Get an update on Holton joining the UFL. What team is he on? The team in Texas? The Arlington Renegade. He's going to be a renegade. 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 Arlington Renegade's UFL. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk about that. We will talk about his podcast beginning soon soon the Holton Ayler show Holton Ayler show coming, coming your way right to pirate radio and uh, get his thoughts on the national championship Washington Michigan not what we thought we'd see in the national championship uh, but that is what we got we'll take a break come back when we return Antoine Staley joins us New York Daily News to talk about the final week of the NFL regular season look at the playoff picture and Steve fellow Commanders fan says do we Washington trade up to number one to take Caleb Williams if so what does it cost talk a little NFL draft as well when we return Pirate Radio Live back with you on a Wednesday after this
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Down on Main Street, Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go. Join Down on Main Street every Wednesday for half-price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. And Bud Light reminds Pirate fans to always stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle uh, Distributing. Wow. Since 1989. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. I don't know if this is live or not, but it's the Under Armour, some kind of Under Armour All Star game, high school All Star game. I can't believe I'm saying this. So it's it's Fire versus Ice. Those are the teams, and the you know the colored jerseys have a kind of fire theme. The white jerseys have a ice theme. Uh-huh. And I got to say, I kind of like it. I do, too. I, I, I like it. This quarterback, I'm very excited about him. I, I, you're going to keep this joke going, and there's going to be people that are really going to get upset with you. But go ahead. I'm just excited about his play. Why? He's uh, he signed with NC State. I mean, again, like you can laugh and joke all you want, but at some point, this is going to come back to haunt you. But keep it up. Keep it going. What if Chandler in 2024 is the bad guy? Lovable, happy. You want? You just want to pinch his. Look cheeks. at this! Look at touchdown! You just want to pinch his cheeks, guy, and he turns. Touchdown, into State! A, <laughs> you are terrible. He turns into a bad guy. All right, uh, sports trivia coming up tonight at AJ's. We had a crazy big random crowd for Christmas last week. It was awesome. Hopefully uh, that picks back up tonight. We had a lot of fun last Wednesday night. Trivia question for you guys, and if you don't get it, I'll ask Antoine Staley, who's hanging on the live line. Uh, This quarterback led the NFL in interceptions thrown last year. This year, he, uh, as of right now, leads the league in touchdown passes, and it would be the first time since the 1940s where a player went from the most interceptions thrown to the most touchdowns thrown in back-to-back years, who is that quarterback? Throw out a name. Uh, Dak Prescott is correct. Prescott. Well done, Chan Man. Antoine Staley joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line. Antoine, did you know that? You might as well say yes. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I kind of figured it was either him or Jared Nicole, but you know, oh, yeah. I, I figured it was one of yeah, Dak Prescott and those uh, Dallas Cowboys. And we've got two winner-take-all games when it comes to divisions this week. At least two, at least the uh, the East uh, teams, Antoine, going at it. And, and there's uh, some South implications in the AFC as well. We'll talk about it all. But let's start with Dak and the Cowboys. And really the story there in the NFC East is what is going on with Philly. Even when they were winning games, they looked a little shaky, but you could kind of – look past it because they were still winning now they're losing some of these games Antoine they are falling apart at the wrong time whereas Dallas if you get them at home they are unbeatable that's what the record says the last couple years anyway Uh, so how about Dallas taking on Washington Eagles taking on the Giants and the Cowboys if they can be at home Antoine they're, they're a different team in the playoffs 
Yeah, they really are. I mean, it's really the tell of two teams. At least for a while, the Eagles only lost was crazy enough the Jets beat them in October. But it's really falling apart, and I think a lot of that has to do with, obviously, how Jalen Hurst is playing or not performing. But I think also you have to look at their defense. Their defense isn't generating the same pressure. I think last year they had 70 sacks. This year um, it's been almost nearly half of that. I think in the last, like, six weeks or so, they have about 12 sacks. I think during that same stretch last year they had 30. So I think them not being able to generate the same amount of pressure is putting a lot of of stress on their secondary. And, you know, I think Kinky Chiefs have been able to take advantage of that like the Cardinals did uh, last week. But Dallas definitely with that taking care of the football there. Uh, And, you know, CeeDee Lamb is just having a year out of this world. Uh, And defensively, obviously, Michael Parsons is always the problem. But, yeah, I think Dallas, you know, at least right now, to me, is the second-best team in the NFC. And as you said, if they can just play at home and up until they get to the NFC Championship against the 49ers, I mean, they definitely have a chance to get to their first conference championship in about 30 years. Antoine, who can beat the big bad 49ers in the NFC? Dallas played them earlier this year, lost 42 to 10. Eagles played them earlier this year, lost 42 to 19. When you look at the Niners' losses this year, they lost on the road at Cleveland, on the road at Minnesota, uh, and lost to the Ravens and Bengals as well at home. So they're certainly beatable. They have blown out a lot of teams. The Rams uh, lost to them earlier this year only by seven points so look nobody's unbeatable these Niners are really good but do you look at Dallas Philly Detroit maybe you go with a a division opponent like the Rams like who 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 could beat this Niners team in the playoffs in the NFC you kind of stole my thunder there I was going to surprise you with the Rams (laughs) and I think whenever you um whenever you know a division opponent as well as the Rams the 49ers you got a puncher's chance, and as you alluded to, you know, it was a close game the first time around, and you know, Sean McVay is a creative coach, and I think uh, Matt Stafford is having a really good year. Uh, you know, kind of a low-key. I don't think a lot of people are talking about the year that he's having, and you know, I think defensively the Rams are starting to get together at the right time. So I think they're dangerous. They're, they're really a dangerous team that's going to – I don't think any a lot of people want to play because obviously there's a lot of the Rams have that – you know, Rams had that experience with the Super Bowl – you know, a few years ago, and a lot of players still remain. So I think once they get in the playoffs, anything can happen, especially when you play a division opponent. So I think the Rams, I'll, I'll say the Lions, too, you know, just the simple fact that I felt like they should have won the game against the Cowboys there. They're obviously, you know, well-constructed there. Offensively, has a lot of power power. It's just the one thing that worries me about the Lions is just Jared Goff and, you know, the turnovers at times. I mean, it, you know, he plays well. One, one week he plays particularly really well, and the next week, you know, sometimes he gets like these turnover machine. So that that's the one thing that worries me about Detroit heading into the postseason. Just Jared Goff and you know, can he be consistent enough? Antoine Staley joining us, uh, looking like a Lions Rams first round matchup, which would be a fun game, and then. In that 4-5 game, you're going to have the South champion hosting either Philadelphia or Dallas. And Antoine, is this – and we see this pretty much every year. Washington did it a couple years ago where they had a subpar record and and hosted a playoff game. Chandler's Panthers have done it a couple times. Seems like it always happens for an AFC South team as well. Um, Do you give – 
I mean, look, the the Eagles have been struggling. Dallas is not good on the road. One of these teams is going to be on the road facing either the Bucks or the Saints. Uh, how how nervous are you if you're one of those NFC East teams going to that NFC South champion? Well, I mean, they should win, but I mean, again, the Eagles just lost to the Cardinals, so I mean, the whole bench are kind of off too, as well. So, I mean, you lose to a Cardinals who a team that is getting better. I mean, especially since Kyler Murray's been in there, but. One thing that should uh, worry you is the way Baker Mayfield is played. I think, me personally, I think he's the comeback player of the year. I know a lot of people have talked about Joe Flacco, and, you know, it's been a great story of him helping them lead the Browns to the playoffs. But, you know, I think what Baker Mayfield has done throughout the course of the entire season uh, shouldn't be slept on. And I think, you know, anytime you have, you know, the offensive firepower that they do have and Mike Evans and, you know, Chris Godwin and, you know, the things, people they have offensively, they got a shot to, you know, surprise some teams and, especially if they play the Eagles team that's been really struggling, as I alluded to, rushing the passer. I think they would have a you know puncher's chance and a really uh, opportunity to possibly win that matchup in, in advance. Antoine Staley, New York Daily News, joining us, talking NFL final week of the regular season and the playoff picture and a big one in the AFC East. Shirley Rhodes uh, Dolphins taking on the Bills, and the Bills are a three-point favorite in this game in Miami, and is that because of what Shirley alluded to yesterday, injuries uh, with the Dolphins, Antoine? Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, Raheem Moses has been hurt. Uh, obviously, Bradley Chubb is now out for the season. Jalen Phillips is now out for the season. Uh, Xavier Howard is not going to play against Buffalo. So now you're putting a lot of, you know, pressure on you know, the guys that you do have defensively and Jalen Ramsey. And, you know, last time I saw Jalen Ramsey cover or try to cover Stephon Diggs, it was a bloodbath there when, uh, Rams team was part of the Rams, so yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for the Dolphins. Uh, I know anyway it was going to be a challenge, but now you got all these defensive players out, and also, quite frankly, Tua is not playing particularly well. I mean, you look at his record, you know, historically in December and January, it's not great. His numbers aren't uh, very; they're not the same as what they were earlier this year. So I feel like everything's setting up for the Bills to possibly take this game, get into the playoffs, and. You know, they could be one of the dangerous teams in the AFC. I, I can tell you, if Buffalo gets in at a two-seed if they beat Miami, yeah, I think they, they will be the team I really look to that could possibly beat uh, Baltimore on the road. They huh. think they're that good. and They, they have injuries, too, as well. But so since the uh, offensive coordinator changed with Joe Brady, they Ken Dorsey, they look like a completely different team. Antoine, I like the way the AFC South sets up because we're going to get that Saturday night game between the Texans and Colts. Winner of that stays alive to see what Jacksonville does the following day. So if Jacksonville wins on Sunday, doesn't matter what happens in the Texans-Colts game. If Jacksonville loses Sunday, the Texans-Colts winner advances to the playoffs and, and kind of shame on the Jags, right, for still this being in doubt they they it feels like they should have gone ahead and punched their ticket a long time ago uh instead they got to beat the titans and then uh who comes out of that texans colts game uh how about the gardner Minshew and the colts putting themselves in this situation when when uh anthony richardson went down i don't know if a lot of people thought the colts would be in this situation but you know gardner Minshew's made a lot of money and i definitely think you know he's setting up well where you know, it might, he might be able to go in somewhere and decide, you know, next year and possibly get a starting opportunity. I mean, I think he's proven enough this year that he's worthy of at least getting an opportunity to start somewhere. What that is, I'm not necessarily sure, but 
you know, I definitely think he can. But, you know, what the Colts have done is nothing short of impressive there. And then, obviously, you talk about the Texans and C.J. Stroud and, you know, how well he's performed there. I know he was uh, suffering concussion not too long ago, but the fact that they're in this situation, the big rise for year, is truly tremendous. So I think both of these coaches, uh, Shane Stipen and Alpha the Colts, and also D'Amico Ryan, deserve some consideration for Coach of the Year, especially if they were to find find a way to get into the playoffs. I mean, just that whole division. I know everybody was just ready to hand it to Jacksonville, but, you know, of course, that, that hasn't been the That's been far from the case. And now you got three teams vying for one spot and potentially, you know, could get into the playoffs. And also, they also one of them could also sneak into a wild card, too, depending on what might happen, you know, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, still alive for that as well. And, uh, and Mike Tomlin's team still alive, as they always are this time of year. Steelers are 9-7. and seven. I don't know what kind of help they need, but they're not eliminated yet, uh, Antoine, which is uh, the situation they seem to always be in. And, and what a... What a weird year. What a, I guess, a down year. I mean, just with all the quarterback injuries and things like that, uh, it has not been the prettiest year for football across the board. It has not. Uh, to answer your question, the Steelers need either the Bills or the Jaguars to lose in order to uh, get into the playoffs. Well, both of them, actually. They need both of those teams to lose. And so and that's how they can advance to get in. But, yeah, it's been the year of the backup quarterback. I mean, all these injuries. You know, obviously we got Joe Flacco who's sitting on the couch, comes in and, you know, helping lead Cleveland to the playoffs. We talked about guarding the bench, too, there. I mean, it's been just insane the amount of quarterback injuries we've had. I don't know if I've seen a year where it's been that many that have been able to that come at this particular at one time, to be quite honest with you. But, you know, teams have found a way. that That's why I think it's important to not only have a, a solid backup quarterback, but also to have a guy that, a good emergency quarterback because you never know what might happen um, in that situation where you're going to have injuries. And, you know, you look at team like the Jets where Aaron Rodgers goes down four plays, they stuck with Zach Wilson, and look where he got him. Uh, got him to a 6-10 record and out of the playoffs for the 13th consecutive years. So I think they've learned that you can't just roll in with any backup quarterback and expect them to win. you got to have somebody that can, you know, win your games and, you know, keep things afloat uh, when your starting goes, starter goes down. Uh, and Antoine, let me clarify because Colts fan Jamie in the chat brings this up, and you brought it up as well as one of those AFC South teams can be the wild card. So the winner of Colts Texans is in. Um, if Jacksonville loses, the winner of that game will be the South champion. If Jacksonville wins, uh, that AFC South team will be a wild card. So either way, uh, the AFC South could potentially get two teams in, although if Jacksonville loses, that's how Pittsburgh can open up a spot if the – man. There, is everybody – Chandler, you understand all this? I'm a little mixed <laughs> up here. Well, Antoine's got all the scenarios, so uh, go to New York Daily News. He'll, uh, he'll have you figured out. Uh, but that, that's what makes this week fun. You've got a lot of ifs and uh, and buts and what happens, and, uh, and, some, and 14 teams going to find themselves in the playoffs, including – uh, you mentioned Joe Flacco, those Cleveland Browns, and uh, what what kind of chance do you give a a Browns or a Rams or a Lions to to make a run in this year's playoffs? Is it open enough for those teams to to make a run, Antoine, or do you think it's top heavy with San Fran and Baltimore? Well, I, as I alluded to, with same thing with the Forty ers Rams, like it, you can play Baltimore and they know each other really well, and Cleveland has the best defense in football. So anytime you have Defense travels, running game travels, 
you have a veteran quarterback who's been a Super Bowl MVP. Although I mean, he's not the player that he once was, but they don't. Cleveland doesn't need him to be. They just need him to be, you know, efficient with the football and also, you know, be able to move the ball down the field. And I think Joe Flacco, although he does have a, a lot of turnovers, but I definitely think he's done enough to to help them possibly, you know, make a run at a potential Super Bowl. So yeah, I think I give Cleveland an opportunity. Uh, I think they're just as dangerous as Buffalo in the AFC too. It's just a matter of. You know their lack of playoff experience. Although I mean they've made the playoffs, you know, four years ago, but still it's been a little while since they've been in. So that's my only worry outside of Flacco. But yeah, I think I think the Rams, I think the Rams have a shot. I think the Lions have a shot too. So yeah, I think there'll be a Browns and Lions for me. The, the team, two teams that I believe that can you know go on a run and also you know upset somebody's playoff pool um, this year. Antoine, uh, we'll talk to you uh, hopefully multiple times between now and the draft, but we'll definitely talk to you again. But way too early draft question. What team ends up one way or the other, whether it's picking where they're spotted or a trade? What team ends up with Caleb Williams in this year's NFL draft? I think it's going to be the Bears. I, I really huh. do. Although it seems like it, they might be bringing the coaching staff back, so they might open the door for Justin Fields to possibly return. But you know they have they're going to have two high draft picks. Going to get to have their own, and they're going to also have Carolina's at number one. So I think he's everything I hear is they're going to take him number one, and then you know I think all the the quarterback board is going to fall after that. I mean you got the Patriots there uh, with a quarterback issue there. I'm curious to see what Washington decides to do because damn how I liked them at one point in time. I know you're a Washington fan, uh, but. I don't know if I'm totally secure he's going to be the future of that team. And then yeah. I imagine it'll be a coaching change, too. So it's imagine a, it's about who, who comes in and coach and do they like Sam Howell. So they could be in the market for a quarterback. The Giants could be in the market for a quarterback. I think it's going to be a lot of, you know, quarterback, you know, needy teams in that top ten. Uh, and we might end up seeing four of them taken really early. And Michael Pence, Michael Pence is still here for Washington. And a lot of people are concerned about his injury history. But, man, he can – his ball placement, he could chuck it better than anybody. And I think he kind of saw that against Texas. So I, I think he's going to continue to climb the draft boards and somebody's going to take a chance on him, possibly, you know, maybe in the teens, if not higher, because he's been that good, especially um, on, on Monday night against Texas. Antoine Staley joining us talking NFL here on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Uh, follow Antoine on Twitter at Antoine Staley and, uh, He's still covering the Jets, uh, one final regular season game. And uh, I feel like there's more talk about Aaron Rodgers, the uh, the person, than there is about the Jets uh, out there. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. There's <laughs> a lot of things going on. Stuff that I... Those are some things I prefer not to even talk about. There you go. I got you. Uh, Antoine, thanks for joining us as always, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, man. All right. There is Antoine Staley. Um, Jamie says, Houston and Indy both hold the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh, so Pittsburgh can't get in even if Jacksonville loses. All right. Well, I'm looking at Steelers playoff scenarios. The Steelers have five playoff scenarios entering their regular season finale in Baltimore. Steelers win and the Colts-Texans tie. They get in. I'm just reading this from CBS Sports. Steelers win and a Buffalo loss. Steelers win and a Jacksonville loss or tie. Steelers tie and Colts and Texans do not tie and Jaguars lose. A lot of ties. Tie? 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 Even if the Steelers lose, 
Colts and Texans do not tie. Jaguars lose. Broncos win. So there's a path for the Steelers somehow, some way. My brain can't handle it. I don't. It's a lot going on this weekend when it comes to playoff scenarios, and uh, I can't wait to watch Red Zone. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number two. Coming up, hour three. Hold Nailers joins us on Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Got that on the way. More to go. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Down on Main Street, Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go. Join Down on Main Street every Wednesday for half-price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day, and they have two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations, serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol-free high-octane gas. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Jamie says... So the Colts could jump Buffalo if they lose and the Colts win? Look, Jamie, you're the Colts fan. Google it up. As you just found out a segment ago, there are a million playoff scenarios, and I can't grasp them all. So I'm going to give you the homework of you telling me what seeds the Colts can be in the playoffs. I think it's amazing we're talking about the Colts being in the playoffs, but credit to them. With Anthony Richardson being out, literally all just about all year and how about these uh these teams with uh the drafted quarterbacks chandler colts texans being in a playoff scenario panthers wait oh good one not the panthers <laughs> that i don't know that's got a i don't know you got so many issues right now we have a lot of issues yeah it's oh, literally uh, at the top we didn't even mention david tepper received his fine oh yeah what five dollars for him <laughs> Not even that. I saw that it's less than 1% of his net worth. $300,000. So a guy that's worth $20 billion-ish? I would love to have 300000 be less than 1% of my total salary. Or my total worth. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. I saw... Um, is it Rick Sorensen? from uh charlotte observer he used to come on the show tom Sorensen uh said that david tepper should be suspended i was like how do you suspend an owner what do you tell him to do not show up to the game i mean what i, I don't know I, I agree booted out of his office for a week like how do you suspend an nfl owner does he not get paid for all those people buying uh bryce young jerseys for a week I don't, I don't, I don't know how you suspend an owner. Uh, seems like there's no point to it. Period. Yeah. So David Tepper, three hundred thousand dollars for throwing a drink on a fan. 
you know that if that's the price i think he should do more of this i think that should be his new move like his wrestling finisher throws a drink on a guy now you know who's getting paid for that today you know who's having to pay the price today players because i've seen it all over twitter answering questions answering questions the the interim head coach uh yeah chris Tabor was asked about it today um i think you know david newton from espn who's been covering the panthers for some years asked him about if this is one of your players that did this what would you think so it's like a tough spot for chris Tabor and some of these players jack thompson was asked jack thompson hasn't played since like week three or four and he's being asked about david tepper's incident and he's basically saying you know he doesn't condone you know people throwing drinks on other people. oh that's nice holden aylers joins us holden how many times did you want to throw a drink on a fan quite a few times quite a few times <laughs> in my career but you did well, at least you didn't yeah I, I can't handle that fine right there i that don't know what true. the uh the college football one is but not that you got some sense in you and you don't have that kind of money uh yeah to be absolutely drinks and folks so holden Naylor's going to join us hour three of the show uh kenny curlings wants to know holden what number are you going to be wearing so he can order his arlington renegades jersey i'm not sure yet kenny but i will let you know as soon as i find out we will talk about holden nailers uh joining the ufl and what that entails also the holden nailers show coming to pirate radio soon we'll talk about that and everything else going on in the world of football and sports coming up hour number three holden nailers joins us in the pirate radio studios back with you after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Washington's favorite place to eat and where all the locals go is down on Main Street. Down on Main Street's famous weekday lunch specials are only $7.99. You can stop by for the house salad with grilled chicken, the half-club sandwich with chips, or everyone's favorite, the fried shrimp plate. After work, Down on Main is the perfect spot for dinner and drinks on the patio. Join Down on Main every Wednesday for half-price wings from 4 p.m. to close. Down on Main Street, on Main Street, in historic downtown Washington. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live, here on a Wednesday. Clip Rock, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, the big dog, Glenn Griffin, and Holden Aylers joining us inside the Pirate Radio Studios. We've got a lot to talk about with Holden. Happy New Year to you. How you doing, Holt? Happy New Year, man. Uh, doing good. Uh, excited for the new year and, you know, things coming with it. Get to keep playing some football. Get to start a podcast soon. So, exciting year coming ahead. A lot going on. Let's uh, let's talk here locally first and talk about the Holton Aylers show, which is coming to Pirate Radio. We are excited about it. Been excited about it for a while and it's about to become a reality. So, when will the first show be dropping? The 11th, next Thursday. Um, the Holton Aylers first Holton Aylers show will be dropping on YouTube, um, all podcast platforms, and then the next day on Pirate Radio as well. Um, so excited about that, and uh, yeah, excited to get it going. And once again, you'll be doing this show with the walk-ons. Tell everybody uh, your crew. 
Yeah, Caden Norman, uh, former ECU quarterback. Jack Powers, former ECU linebacker. And Drew Dotter, former ECU defensive back. So uh, we got a cool crew. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun guests on. Got a lot of fun playing ones. Next Thursday will just be us. So you can kind of get used to us, get used to the segments. And then from there, we'll go with some guests and uh, make it fun. That's awesome. So debuting next Thursday uh, on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. We'll also air it here on the Pirate Radio Airwaves, the Holton Ayler Show coming up. And then the other piece of big news, Holton, is uh, you are a part of the new UFL. So the XFL, the USFL have combined into one league, uh, the UFL, and you have been signed by the Arlington Renegades. I have, yeah. I'm excited to keep playing some football, have a chance to get back into the NFL if I have a good year. So uh should be exciting. You know, I had a couple offers play from play for some different teams. I had a couple offers to go play in Canada, but uh, you know, thought the best opportunity for me to play for a good team in a good league and a lot of excitement around the league. So uh, excited about that. When does the uh, the league begin and, and what's on your calendar as far as football duties? Yeah, so March 30th is the first game between um, us and the Stallions, the winner of the USFL. Um, and then I leave for Dallas. I'll be living in Dallas um, and I leave there. I report February 23rd. So we've got about a month of camp, five weeks of camp, uh, and then it's go time. Is Skip still with Birmingham? He is, yes. Yeah. So right. I uh, I had, had a couple calls with them and, and their GM, but uh, they, they actually have one of Skip's old college quarterbacks is there that they feel good about, so I, I decided to, to go with Arlington. And it feels like this league is on pretty good footing now, right? With the So you've got a USFL conference and an XFL conference, and combining everything they've got, the resources, things like that, still backed by The Rock, if yes, I'm not mistaken. Yes, so The Rock is still Financially, you're there. TV deal is there I, I bring that up because bryce williams who joins us every week uh was a part of the aaf which did not make it yep. through a full year and he just talked about you know how football you tried to focus on practice and stuff but you didn't have your uniforms and equipment <laughs> and stuff like that feels like you're not gonna have to worry about that little stuff here in this i week. sure hope not yeah. uh, i mean i'm sure there will be i mean it's, obviously it's not the nfl so i mean there's not that much money into it but there is a lot of money into it and uh, obviously with the rock and then the two leagues combining there's gonna be a lot of good competition look there's only eight teams now you know there used to be with two different leagues there was up to 20 teams and you know players were split up but you know now it's you know eight teams and the best players that aren't in the nfl are going to be playing in this league have you talked to your uh your head coach yes i have Bob we've, Stoops. Uh, yeah we've talked so I'm, I'm working on getting him on the podcast as well once i get up there <laughs> and uh very interesting list of head coaches here skip holtz uh curtis johnson do i know his name from tulane i want to say in, in new orleans maybe I, I don't know maybe uh mike nolan uh was certainly an nfl coach defensive coordinator for years wade phillips is a legend <laughs> anthony becht former jets tight end so uh, a lot of names involved here in the ufl which will begin coming up uh, later on this calendar year and holt nailers will be a part of that let me ask you a maybe unanswerable difficult question holton and i'm gonna be honest with you there were times oh boy during your ecu career where I did not look at Holden Aylers as an NFL quarterback. All right. I'm going to add you to the list. <laughs> the way you finished your career, what you did in the All-Star games, and most notably what you did in the preseason where you absolutely belonged and showed that, um, my tune changed. I was like, yeah, Holden certainly has a place in the NFL. So why, especially in a year where we have all these quarterback injuries and quarterbacks yeah. go down – 
were you did you not get that call i'm pretty baffled by it i'm sure you are as well right yeah it's it's a weird nfl is a weird business um and it's it's a lot about who you know um a lot of these guys who are getting calls are guys that are vets now that are older guys i mean i got literally told by seattle that they just wanted a guy with more experience yeah um also got told that they were going to call me back that's another story (laughs) they never did but uh they ended up getting a guy with experience but that's what I'm going to do now with the UFLs. I'm going to go get experience so teams can't say that anymore. And, you know, like you said, I mean, I felt like I played good in the preseason show, and I had a really good camp, too, to show that, you know, I am an NFL quarterback. But for some reason, they wanted a guy with more experience, which, look, that's, I mean, if they said they wanted a guy that was right-handed or anything like that, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, whatever. They wanted a faster guy, could work on it. But I can't make myself have more experience, but sure. get more experience. So um, that's what I'm going to go do. And then, um, look, I mean, this is my last shot. You know, I want to go out there and play and just have fun. And, you know, if it unfolds where, you know, I play really well and, you know, which I think I will do and have a shot back at the NFL, then if it happens, it happens. But, you know, I'm happy with the way my career has been and, you know, excited for this next venture. Relation, a great answer with experience and also the relationships answer. I think about when uh, our uh, friend Terrence Copper used to come on and talk about how he formed a relationship early on with Todd haley and as soon as todd haley got a head coaching job terrence was one of the first guys he called and said hey yeah. i want you here and yeah. you you bring in your guys so like if donnie kirkpatrick was an assistant <laughs> with the seahawks or latrell scott or you know that you, yeah. you form those relationships you really don't have that with a lot of nfl coaches yeah. right now so and that's that how part. it is and the guys that are getting signed are literally guys who were kind of like you said that maybe their oc from their rookie year ends right. up being a head coach or something like that so um, i mean you never know i mean i did build some relationships when i was there but also like in the nfl a lot of it's the gm and stuff unless you are a head coach head coaches and gm have a lot but position coaches just got to coach whoever's in the room so um you know i had a great relationship obviously with pete but um i mean he's not really controlling who the third quarterback is you know i mean he's more involved with the guys that are playing as much so um i don't know we'll see I always wonder about this too. Do you look at the Seahawks and say, "Man, uh, those are my my buddies now." Go Seahawks, or do you have a bitter taste when you see the Seahawks play on Sunday? I cheer for my boys. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm still close with a lot of my like I, I'm really close with Drew when he was playing well. Yeah. That was cool and got a chance to talk to him. So um, a lot of those guys that are playing are good dudes, and uh, most of them really are, and even the coaches too. So I don't I don't have anything negative to say about them. Yeah, Holden Naylor's joining us. Uh, not burning any bridges here on Pirate Radio yeah. Live. That's smart. <laughs> uh, but joining the UFL and you kind of said it there so you're going to keep this uh this football career alive and and get that experience and it's going to be fun do you know how many quarterbacks uh arlington has like are you set to be the starter or you got a, a battle yeah so they won they won the championship last year with a, a veteran guy in the spring leagues he hasn't played too much in the nfl so they they kind of got a veteran guy but um from what the gm told me and what the coaches told me is they want someone young to come in and kind of win the job so it's gonna be an open competition you know i had offers to go to other places where i probably could have you know been the starter walking in and uh, not have to worry about it, but they, they weren't as good teams didn't have as good offense alignment and organizations you know guys coaches and gm stuff like that so um i didn't i mean i picked somewhere where i'm gonna have to go compete which i'm not afraid of i never have been so uh, i'm just gonna go and, and be myself and you know hopefully that's enough and i guess you kind of said this path with the ufl is a little you think bit of an easier one than the cfl perhaps getting to the nfl getting to the nfl yeah just because 
the UFL is literally set up to get guys back into the NFL, whereas the CFL is more of a career. Right. Um, CFL plays the same time around. They mix and match the same time with the NFL, so it's hard to – like if I played that, I would play next season, and then the next season I would get an NFL shot rather than I can play this spring and get back into it next yeah. NFL season. You could be in a camp yeah. like after your season, yeah. uh, which we've seen, I think, like Garrett McGinn do yep. several he's times. He's a teammate and, of mine too, so uh, he's with Arlington. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is um, – Where's Josh Hawkins? Is he? He was with Arlington. Yeah, for a little bit I know he now. suffered an injury yeah. last um, year. I think he. I don't know if he still signed with him. But I know he played for them for a little bit as well. Yeah, so uh, got a little pirate flavor yeah, there. That's pretty sure. cool. Holden Naylor's joining us inside the Pirate Radio Studios. You got a question for Holden? Uh, you can get it in. Uh, Ryan says it's like the job market. You need experience to get experience. Yep. Well absolutely. said. Absolutely. Um, Steve says Holden should intern at Pirate Radio on the side. He uh, kind of bypassed the internship <laughs> and went right to hosting a show. So uh, he's on the fast track there. Uh, so. Yeah, the uh, Holden Naylor show debuting next week right here uh, on Pirate Radio and where you get your podcast and here on uh, Pirate Radio TV, which uh, we hit that 3,000 subscriber mark. We want to keep that number growing. So hit that like, hit that subscribe, and be a part of our family here at pirate radio let's take a break we'll come back we'll have more with holden we'll get his thoughts on what transpired on monday our somewhat surprising championship matchup we'll talk about that and a lot more when we return pirate radio live back with you on a wednesday after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Russell's in downtown Washington is the place to shop for all of your clothing needs, whether it's the great select, uh, collection rather of men's suits and sport coats, the beautiful dresses and casual attire for women, or the new collection of Barbara outerwear for both men and women. Russell's has you covered. Russell's clothing has served Eastern North Carolina and beyond for over 40 years. Russell's clothing on Main Street in downtown Washington. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Holt Naylor is joining us. Ryan says Noah Henderson also listed on yep. Arlington's roster. Yeah. Big Noah. Big Noah's coming with me, yeah. Awesome. Spent some time in Buffalo's camp, I believe. Yep. And uh, look, everybody trying to to get that spot and and boy garrett mcginn's great to talk to when we get him on the show because he's been through it all he has been on so many practice squads preseason rosters he's been in these leagues and if anybody wants to talk about the business of pro football he knows it he knows it and uh and holden's experienced a little bit of that since leaving east carolina as well uh speaking of the business of football college football huge business and Holden, what is your overall take? Because you played in and won a bowl game and won a bowl game for East Carolina for the first time in almost a decade. So that was a big deal. Um, I'll say as a viewing fan, the games – when I say the games don't matter, I mean if you win, you don't advance to anything. If you lose, either way, your season's over. So from that standpoint, 
it doesn't matter. It certainly matters to you guys, the coaches, things like that. What? Is, how about being out of it for a year? Did you watch a lot of bowls this year? What's your take on the bowls? I watched a, a good bit of them. I think it's good for your fan bases. I mean, I think like it, it matters if like it mattered to ECU when we got to a bowl game when we won, and then it mattered to you know these teams that you know I guess I'm watching a high school one now, but you know, whatever bowl games that are on, like I mean, I think that it matters to their fan bases. Now, do I think that some of them are? not pointless but you're watching them and if you're not one of those fans and you're not betting on the game then you know why is it a bowl game but at the same time i mean it does matter to these kids and yeah. then i mean it certainly mattered to us and like you said we kind of broke a bowl streak i mean I, I remember that for the rest of my life i remember winning it and then if you win you get a ring too so i mean you'll have that for the rest of your life so i mean i, I definitely think they're um they're not meaningless but i mean like you said i haven't really thought about you know you don't advance you know this is your last game but that's also a cool think for some players you know some of these guys are you know that's their last chance to play ball so uh, i mean i think they definitely matter i will say uh, i was into what happened on monday and monday night and the playoff games and we saw two i don't i don't know if i want to say good games close games they were sloppy i was shocked to see games like 14 15 for some of these teams and we're seeing the special teams miscues and uh mccarthy comes out throws a pick on the first play and uh boy that that's it's a game of inches that one could have got away from michigan early it's called back and they're able to recruit uh recoup a little bit uh but how about michigan a a team that east carolina saw this year knocking off bama a great drive at the end of the game to win that one yeah i mean i thought it was really good game and you know the sloppiness you also got to think these guys haven't played in about a month you're used to playing every single week and then you have a month off whether you're practicing or not and a lot of these bowl practices you know the young guys get some practice until about two weeks into it um you know two weeks out of the game day so uh i the the sloppiness didn't surprise me too much and then also like I was kind of it was kind of weird um Texas like they used a true freshman guy that they hadn't used returning punts and same with Michigan the guy that fumbled the first uh punt return they're like this is first punt return of the the season with a freshman I'm like well why are you sticking back there now (laughs) you're in the playoff dude like where are you putting new guys out there so um the sloppiness some of it I feel like you know didn't surprise me and then like I said those decisions to put those guys back there that was a little questionable those are those are coaching decisions maybe more so than the players uh being sloppy in those cases Texas losing to Washington as a lefty like, do you like other lefty quarterbacks when I do. you watch Penix? Are you yes. like, yeah, that's my guy? Yeah, no, I do. I, uh, <laughs> I really hadn't had a chance to watch them too much this year because they play so late yeah. um, at night, but I was really impressed. I'd seen them a little bit at Indiana, um, and I had an offer from Indiana, so I knew kind of their coaching staff when he was there, so I watched a little bit of their games. I was really impressed with them then, and then he's only gotten better from there. I mean, I think – I don't – Jaden Daniels had a really good year, but Penix had a great year. If, if he played like that all year, I mean, he was he was super impressive. And, you know, Texas is a good football team. Yeah, they were, were kind of banged up in the secondary, and they didn't have the best secondary in the country, but they're still a playoff team and, you know, beat some really, really good teams. So the way that he made them look was really impressive. Uh, we'll get to Michigan-Washington in a moment, but uh, like your show could be, it's a free-flowing conversation. Absolutely. And you mentioned Indiana offering you. Uh, what other schools offered you holding to be a quarterback? Oh, I mean, literally every school offered me to be a quarterback. So the myth of someone, whatever person tweeted out that or made it up that I got offered as – I never got offered as a tight end in my career. The only team that even mentioned – anything about that was Syracuse Um, and they said that they didn't offer left-handed quarterbacks and they thought I was a good athlete but other than that all quarterback that is uh I feel like you could be you could sue them for discrimination or something that's uh uh so how about the Alabama 
12th hour call uh, let's uh speaking of myths we always like nick saban called you like last minute trying to get yes, you to the Bama. morning of morning of signing day yes so i uh so i was supposed to sign at three o'clock in the afternoon um and once all that happened them and florida offered me dan mullen was recruiting me in mississippi state and then literally got the job at florida within like a couple hours um they offered me there so once i told coach mo that and coach peterson who were here they were like yeah could you sign the next morning? Like, could you, could you sign at 8 a.m. the next morning? So I, I knew I was going there. I mean, it definitely made me think about it, but at the same time, like, I wouldn't. I wasn't going to go to Bama at all. Florida made me think about it a little bit just because I'm a Tebow fan, grow up watching Tebow yeah. and all that, but never been there. Um, now you weren't going to sign at Bama because just their offense didn't fit me. I mean, I, they ran same with Georgia. Georgia offered me a couple months before signing day, and uh, they run a pro style offense. Not now that wouldn't fit me, but what I was trying to play in college mm. was more of an up tempo spread offense where I could kind of show what I could do. And um, ECU definitely fit that hundred times more. Man, uh, so old Naylor's that that <laughs> if you're a pirate fan, you've got to like hearing that that uh, spurns some of those offers. So like Florida, just because of the Tebow connection, what other school? I know uh, Dave Doran was pretty hot after yeah, you. They, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, they definitely – their coaching – their coach is definitely recruited. Like, if ECU wasn't ECU, I would have went to State in a heartbeat. Yeah. If that's uh, that makes sense. Uh, after watching the State-Carolina game, I almost tweeted out something nice about Dave Doran, <laughs> but I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, how, how do you like him personally? I, I think he's a good dude. Um, I mean, obviously, it's hard to – you know cheer for a guy if you're a fan as a rival so <laughs> yeah. i mean i see where people you know he's definitely edgy and stuff like that but right yeah from when he was recruiting me though i mean we had a good relationship and even after um a lot of coaches kind of you know would delete you off their social media and all that and he wasn't one of those guys every time we played <laughs> he would come up and um you know dap me up tell me good luck and tell him you know how proud of he was of me in my career and stuff so he was always super nice to me and i mean i appreciated kind of the way you know because i called it the coaches that i didn't commit to um on signing or on commitment day when i committed to ecu i like i called him beforehand and let him know i was going to ecu just parents thought that was a good idea and just kind of yeah. let him know so he didn't hear from someone else so. i mean that you handle everything the right way even you saying that you told what peterson and uh coach mo about these other schools coming yeah. after you like you had the communication going both ways yeah i mean i my thing was you know i wanted someone i knew i was going to be loyal to ecu and i just wanted them to know that from the start for one and then you know once i committed yeah, i sat down with my family and look i knew i committed before my senior year so i knew i was going to get more offers um but you know i knew that ecu was the place i wanted to be so i didn't really need to wait for those offers and then a month later after i commit georgia offers me tries to get me to go on an official visit there and didn't go because you know i knew i didn't want to be swayed in any other way than you know being a pirate Holt Naylor's joining us. Uh, kind of ironic that Dave Doran kept you, uh, you know, following you and stuff because he did block me on the X. Did he? I, I don't remember <laughs> why. I'm sure I deserved it, but yeah, Dave Doran's. Uh, I've never understood that with college coaches. There's, uh, <laughs> there's a few college coaches out there who block people. So, yeah, uh, I don't understand. Uh, a lot of people I follow uh, say the Lincoln <laughs> Riley blocked them back in the day. Yeah, so. I've heard that too. I've seen some screenshots of that. So. Which I don't. Hey, I don't call that soft or anything if some if somebody if i opened up my mentions which if i was more famous and successful <laughs> maybe i wouldn't do it as much but in the certain you know uh position i'm in i like interacting with people if i opened it up and just said saw people saying f you and stuff yeah i'd probably block a lot of people too i don't think i've ever blocked any i think 
the only time I've ever really done that is if like they said something about my family or yeah. safety or anything like that. But I really don't even think I blocked them then. I think I just deleted it and moved on with my life because people are like that are just trying to get attention. So, I mean, yeah, this is what it is. If you give them attention by blocking them, then I'm just gonna tweet a screenshot of it and, <laughs> and give you attention. So very true very true uh steve says when entering the nfl draft what source do players and agents use to protect their draft position fans see mock drafts everywhere what do agents use gm conversations i don't know if i do you understand that question kind of not really (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, steve can you clarify that question a little bit it was just asking about like mock drafts and stuff (laughs) that's exactly what it is is people just guessing i mean if you go to the mock drafts after the draft they're nowhere close half the time um some some guys are really good at it but you know they're also the guys that are work making millions of dollars for espn who host the draft i mean the normal people out there 99.9 percent of mock drafts don't mean anything other than obviously the first round you might be able to pick but yeah. after that i mean no one really knows it's like somebody puts out one and somebody sees that and then tweaks it yeah, and makes it their exactly. own and then it's just the domino effect after that um you mentioned uh Penix a moment ago daniels from lsu uh, who would be who's your favorite quarterback going into this year's draft i've seen of course drake may up there yep caleb williams uh has been the number one for like two years now um so who what guys do you like talent wise i mean i caleb williams you gotta go with in my opinion i mean i've seen some mock drafts with him going like six and i think that's wild um i mean he's as talented as any guys came out in a really long time i know he's you know his personality might be a little weird and he's right. a, you know california guy or he's not even really a california guy but now he is just from playing at sc um I mean, I don't know how you couldn't take him. I mean, Drake May's really, really talented. This this quarterback class, honestly, is going to be pretty deep. They're going to have five or six guys that could you know go and play next year. And I've never been a huge Bo Nix guy. I felt like that away from home, he really struggles. Home, you can trust him. His yep. numbers are absolutely absolutely ridiculous. I <laughs> I was impressed with him the couple games that I watched. A couple when they played Colorado, I watched. I was really impressed with him. Um, he trains the same quarterback trainer I've train with so i mean i've been in contact with him i've actually you know i camped with him in high school and stuff when he was in so he's a good dude um but yeah i mean i'm in, i've been impressed with him i like you said i wasn't too much when he was at auburn yeah. and uh, even last year i thought he was kind of a system guy but this year i think he really separated and kind of showed what he could do no doubt talking to whole nailers here inside the pirate radio studios on a wednesday edition of pirate radio live uh washington michigan so washington's defense has kind of been questioned all year long I, I think it's a a decent matchup because Michigan doesn't necessarily scare you offensively. They can certainly beat you down. I'm not saying they're bad, but uh, it feels like a game where Washington could maybe hang in and and with Penix and that high-powered offense, what can they do against the Wolverines' defense? Fascinating to see that matchup. How do you uh, think it plays out, Holt? Um, I I want Washington to win, personally. I I think their offense is incredible if they play anything like they did versus Texas and really all year. Um, then they got a chance because if it gets in, if it turns into a shootout, which Michigan's defense is really good, but Michigan's not going to win a shootout, so they need right. to keep them below at least thirty. Um, and I'm pretty sure they've scored a, over thirty in almost all their games this year, so it's going to be tough on Michigan's defense. Now Washington's defense as well. I mean, it's going to you don't play really a pro style offense like that in the Pac-12, so you're going to have to you know stop the run and. I would just force Michigan to throw, which is kind of wild to say with McCarthy being you know a top draft prospect. But um, those two running backs that uh, Michigan have are, are dangerous. 
Holden Naylor's joining us coming up Monday. It will be Washington and Michigan for the national championship coming up next Thursday. Uh, the debut of the Holden Naylor show on Pirate Radio TV on YouTube, where you get your podcast, and we'll air it here on Pirate Radio as well. Uh, Jamie says, uh, "What is the best thing Morgan has taught Holden?" That's a great That's a question. Great question. Let's get to know Morgan Ayler's the father. Say, you want a, a heart to heart here? Um, <laughs> he's taught me a lot of things. I mean, he's a great dad, and uh, you know, I've looked up to him my whole life. But um, to narrow it to one is impossible. But you know, he's uh, we've had a lot of great memories together, and I'll always cherish you know our memories of cheering for you when you're younger, and you know now you know this kind of next step of life of me playing and then you know post playing too you be able to talk ball with them talk ecu sports so uh just our conversations you know i've always enjoyed it i i give i mean i gotta give a ton of credit to morgan of how i mean you as a a college kid the way you handled things was great but morgan the yeah the dad who wants to protect his son at all costs (laughs) and for him not to lose his mind the last four or five years uh been pretty incredible uh the way he's uh, been able to handle things so uh credit to morgan for that and you know he he came on this show and uh if you threw two picks we (laughs) talked about that if you threw for 404 touchdowns we talked about that so um he he knew kind of how it was going to be when you signed on to play here at ecu but man he uh and you know your whole family handled it as good as you could yeah i was gonna say it's really all my whole family i mean he was behind the mic a lot and kind of in the spotlight but my mom my brother um my friends my roommates like there's a lot of rough times uh, especially those early years and really every loss is a hard time i mean hate to say it but i mean you get all sorts of hate mail and everything not just about you like i said earlier i mean you get about your family too so um i knew i could deal with it but you know for them to deal with it i'm sure they uh five years was enough for them and uh, <laughs> they couldn't go the six or seven route like some of these quarterbacks are now but yeah i mean i'm i'm we look back now and we cherish it but yeah. there was times when it was it was super hard glad it uh it certainly had a happy ending here uh at east carolina let's take another break we'll come back more with holton aylers he joins us here inside the pirate radio studios more of your questions as well back with you on pirate radio live after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Buccaneer Music Hall has all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville, along with 18 TVs, so you don't miss a game. They'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at the Buck. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live kicked off the show talking ecu basketball pirates losing to fau last night on the road back home this uh sunday facing tulsa trying to pick up conference win number one on the year the women 
took out some frustration after losing to South Carolina on Saturday by putting up 80-plus points last night in a victory over UTSA. So, ECU women 1-0 in conference play. Holden, uh, if you were put on the basketball court, let's say in your – which you're, you're still in your prime. You're in your, your – you know, your playing shape. Um, what would your stat line look like oh. in, a, in a college basketball game? In college. You pull down three uh, rebounds, maybe three fouls, uh, <laughs> one rebound, and getting benched after that. <laughs> did you? So you played at Conley. How many years did you play Conley? I played two years. So I played my freshman year, my junior year. Um, kind of weird, weird that that was. But I love basketball. I always tell people if I could choose one sport to like go pro in and be good at, it'd be basketball. Yeah, percent. It doesn't kill your body as much. I uh, can practice it on your own. I mean, I can't. I can't go throw to a wall. True. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I could, but it probably wouldn't work out too well. So, uh, basketball seems to be the. Uh, I've always thought. I've always thought that that would be the the funnest one to to go pro in. Old Naylor's joining us. Uh, your old uh, throwing buddy, and you've had a few of them. But Isaiah Winstead, uh, it's still on with the Niners, right? He got cut. Oh no! When got did he get cut, cut about a week ago. Yeah. Dang, so I'm trying to trying to get him on with with Arlington with me. Oh man, uh, well that would be cool. But um, Isaiah is uh, so hopefully he'll jump on with the league. Who else? Uh, Keaton Mitchell. I know Keaton. this week we posted his uh, post surgery yep. pictures and video. But uh, man, uh, what an impact he had with the Ravens. He did, man. He's gonna have a really good career. Um, it, I mean, he'll be back fine and better and faster than ever. Um, excited to see his career. I mean. We knew he was an NFL guy. We knew he was an all-world type guy when he was here. So um, anyone that's surprised that's not an ECU fan should just watch his college tape. Yeah, no doubt. Ryan Jones, is he still yeah, with the Giants? Still, he's with the Giants, yep. So nice. uh, he's doing good. Talked to him the other day. So, yeah. CJ, where's CJ at now? He's playing with the in the UFL with me. Um, not with me. He's, right. he's playing for the Defenders. All right, good deal. In D.C. Yep. So, uh, yeah, trying to keep up with uh, these former Pirates and where they are right now tyler sneed won a gray cup he did that was awesome balled out too yeah talked to him right before that gray cup and uh he really enjoyed his time up there in canada we'll see if he continues to go that route or if he's back here in the yep. states a lot of a lot of options which is a good thing for yeah, guys now 100 yeah that was that was one of my things was like you know choosing which league to play in whether canada or ufl and um just if if your goal is to get back into the nfl i thought it was a little bit better my agent did too to to play in the UFL and uh, you know see the timing the timing matches up better than the the Canadian league does. Um, oh, Holden Naylor's former ECU quarterback, Arlington Renegades quarterback, hosts the Holden Naylor show. Josh added saying, "Why not add former Greenville Little League All Star to Holden's banner?" Why I mean, not? we could. I mean, that's kind of that's up to Holton, but uh, Josh would like to see that added. Hey, uh, Chandler, we got an invite from uh, from halftime Don. He says, how about a pregame meal with Halftime Steve and Courtside Don this Sunday? He said, have Chandler get with Steve to let us know. You want to go eat with the old folks? So what time's the game? Three? Yes, yeah, at 3 o'clock So old Sunday. people like them eat dinner at like 2 o'clock anyway in the <laughs> yeah. afternoon, right? So yeah. we'll, we'll have dinner with you, uh, Courtside Don. Sounds like a good idea. Yep. We're doing that. Uh, all right, we'll go check out some Pirate Hoops this uh, this Sunday. Holden, uh, talk to Kate and Hauser here on the show. Have you had any communication at all with, uh, with yeah. Kate? Yeah, so I got to meet him. Um, they wanted me to meet him when he came on a visit here, so I got a chance to sit down with him, just talk about what this community is, you know, what ECU football is, and um, we've kind of communicated back and forth then. But, you know, seems like a good kid. Seems like he's invested into it, and um, 
look, we need a quarterback, so uh, hopefully he's the guy. From what I'm gathering from our 10-minute phone conversation and from what John David Baker said yesterday, uh, seems very mature and the buy-in like seems very serious about it yeah he does and, yeah. and that's what i was impressed with too so hopefully it uh converts to some wins uh cole hodge a, a quarterback commit of course and i asked uh, john david baker yesterday about alex flynn and uh it still seems to me holding up in the air i don't know if you know anything as yeah. far as alex flynn playing or, or not playing next year yeah i think he's still making a decision and he might even go through spring uh spring ball and then kind of make a decision from there but i mean look he's going to help whatever room he's in whether he's playing or not so uh you know i hope he does decide to do it but he's also going to be like a doctor one day so yeah. he might have a uh, bigger and better things to, to move on to yeah and and i don't know that you can speak to it more so than i but you were certainly the leader on offense and not the only leader of the team but you had a presence i think guys would go to war for you and trust you you kind of you need that at the quarterback position and i'm outside looking in i didn't see that really with alex with his demeanor and and i don't know if mason had it either i just feel like we were maybe lacking in that department what, what's your thoughts on yeah, i think that? anytime you're on a two quarterback system it's hard for one True. guy to just take over yeah. um because if he was taking over on the field then he'd be starting the full time um so and then look i mean flynn went into the years the backup and you know his he's never when i was there he never really got reps so he kind of got thrown into that role um, so I mean, and he's playing in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> in front of one hundred seven thousand. <laughs> yeah. you know, third drive of the game, so or third drive of the season. Um, so I mean, it, look, anytime you have two quarterbacks, like I said, it's gonna be hard for one guy to take over. But you would like for someone to, and obviously, you know, that wasn't the case this year. And I think Rajay did a good job of leading him and a couple of others. But you, know, you got to have a leader at quarterback. You know, that's where it starts. Yeah, and uh, and hopefully that can and this ECU offense can catch up with the defense to see Antoine Jackson entering the transfer portal Taylor Jackson as well but holding it you would think this defense is going to come back and and be pretty solid next year especially uh Blake Harrell sticks around yeah I would think so I mean I think I think Coach Harrell's here for the next year um I mean I think if he would have got a new job it would have already happened knock on wood yeah um but you know we hopefully you know our defense continues to play the way they do and you know our new OC and you know some of these new transfers come in and turn the offense around it'd be a you know fun season I like the way John David Baker talks about this is because we talked about it earlier in the show. Mike Houston, I don't know if he's he's got a hot seat, but but needs to win after a down year yep. last year. Uh, and John David Baker in his press conference said this is not a like a rebuilding thing. This is a hey, I've got six months to figure this out yeah. and put an offense on the field. Sounds like there's a sense of urgency. Yeah, there is. I mean, I think so, and I think you know they're not dumb. They know they got to win this year. And look, I mean, we had a good thing going, but you know, you go you go two and ten anywhere in the country, you're going to be on the hot seat a little bit. And, yeah. You know, I love Coach Houston. I think he's a great coach, and we'll win here and we'll win next year. Um, but with this conference, I mean, ECU has all the resources to go out there and win, and you know, hopefully we do next year. Pike, uh, speaking of coaching, says, Holden, what path would you need to take to become an offensive coordinator at ECU? <laughs> well, Pike, he's still playing right now. Let's let's chill on that. Uh, any interest in coaching yeah. down the line? Yeah, um, I've, I've had some talks with some coaches, and including Coach Houston, about coaching at ECU. So, uh, you know, maybe down the road when I'm when you decide to hang it up, I, I'll get into it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I would love that job and love that life so you know maybe if i can uh you know start start down low and work my way up we'll, we'll have to see and you've got somewhat speaking of experience uh with camps with training i know for a fact there's like kids that text you and and yeah. stuff and so you've kind of already got a little foot in the door there training uh younger guys right yeah yeah i mean i train guys there in high school now too i mean i have 
you know, trained with some of the best quarterback coaches in the world. Really, I mean, the guy that I trained with out of QB country trains 15 starting NFL quarterbacks. He's probably the best quarterback trainer in the world, if not top two. And, you know, learning from him, I literally lived, you know, in Mobile for three months, you know, learning from him, literally learning, you know, the strength side of it, the flexibility side of it, not just the quarterback side, and then the mental side too. Um, so, I mean, I think if the time came, I mean, there's been some serious discussions about, you know, getting into coaching when my career is done with. And, there was a debate whether to get into coaching now and not even play in the UFL. So, I mean, those mm-hmm. conversations have already kind of started, and, you know, there will be a decision whenever I'm done playing, uh, you know, if I if I want to get into coaching or not. And you're already, uh, you know, getting your name out there, creating uh, some pathways and things like that. That's always a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Holden, what is the – could you answer that with the number one attribute for a quarterback that you – I mean, there's so many things with arm well, strength and yeah, accuracy I mean, I and leadership and – like is it what stands out the most to you? You can name a few if you want, but I mean, I think um, physically wise, I mean, you got to be accurate and you, at least a little bit. And you got to you can definitely get better with accuracy. And I've heard guys say you can't you can't um, get more accurate or anything like that. Well, I think that's a lie. I mean, I got way more accurate throughout my career working on fundamentals and tightening up some things. But um, I just think you know a baseline of accuracy and then arm strength you can work on too. But then mental side of it, I mean, you got be a hard worker you gotta be the hardest worker you gotta be a leader um you gotta have heart and guys got you you gotta have guys that want to follow you if you don't got if you're not a quarterback of your high school and guys aren't following you then you're probably not going to be doing do that good of at a in college when you know the the going gets tough yeah i mean that it's a lot harder in college so um those are just a few yeah and i mean you experienced uh some adversity maybe more than you even wanted to but yeah helped you uh get stronger at the end and certainly uh had guys leading charlie do we have another break to take uh, we do all right let's take that break um something you guys won't have to worry about on the podcast right yeah you guys gonna just going straight on (laughs) full hour uh the whole nailer show debuting next thursday excited about that we'll take a time out come back and wrap it up with holt after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It was a slow day for the stock market. The Dow was down 284 points at 37,430. The NASDAQ was down 173 points at 14,572. And the S&P was down 38 at 4,704. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors stock market report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. We've really got to do more to raise awareness for left-handed quarterbacks as a people. Because I asked As Holton, I said, there's Tua. There's got to be more than that. And uh, Holton says, no, it was him and Tua. And that was it. Yeah. Now there's Tua. <laughs> now there's Tua. There was two, and now there's Tua. Mm. And that's it. Uh, Robert, getting in a last-minute question here. Holton, uh, what was the toughest American athletic conference defense you faced? Question Cincinnati, one. Cincinnati, when Sauce Gardner was there, it was, uh, it was pretty tough. Yeah. 
Uh, although you and CJ picked on Kobe Bryant pretty big one day. We did. That Kobe was... Bryant was one of my teammates in Seattle, so we uh, <laughs> I let him hear it a few times. That was awesome. Uh, and he also said fastest uh, fastest D, best D-line you faced. How about best D-line best you D faced line. in college? Um, whew, uh, that's a good one. Probably Houston. 2021, they had a really good D-line, then really underrated. Um, they had a couple NFL guys on it, so probably them. Uh, Cincinnati always had good D-lines. They had a good couple. I played them in like their prime years um, when they made the playoff and stuff, but probably probably Houston 2021. I want to say that was the night the Braves beat the Dodgers to advance to the World Series and the night that y'all's game got suspended for so long. Is that yes, the Houston that was, game? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a weird night uh, because, well, a, it was awesome watching the Braves uh, do that and get to the World Series. And B, you guys were right there with Houston and yeah. should have won the game, right? Yeah, yeah we should have won. We, uh, I think we even went into overtime. Yeah, it did yeah. Go into overtime. Um, Ryan Jones uh, fumbled. Yeah, I believe we were like in a OT. jet sweep to him. Yeah, um, yeah. So we uh, we could have beat him. We should have beat him. But uh, yeah. Holton, uh, great to walk down memory lane with you and looking forward to the Holton Naylor show coming up next Thursday on Pirate Radio TV on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. We'll hear it here on Pirate Radio. I know you're excited. Congratulations on continuing your football career as well uh, in the UFL. I appreciate it. It's been a fun uh, coming on and you know, looking forward to the future, looking forward to the podcast. Awesome stuff. Holton Naylor's joining us here inside the Pirate Radio studios. We will talk to you fine people coming up Thursday three o'clock on an all-new edition of pirate radio live jacob jenkins coward among others going to join us on the program so we'll talk some pirate baseball as we are uh nearing another ecu baseball season for shirley Rhodes, chan man glenn and the crew here i am clip rock we'll talk to you thursday jeff charles take us home have a great night eastern carolina Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.